you're not the Stephen King I want you to be. Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> enwrapped in it i don't know how else to say it it's like i'm i it's all it's just seduced me i just think that there could have been so many better ways to come up with han solo like it that's his (laughs) (laughs) for me Every beat of this was super satisfying. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. That, I, I mean, my, I don't know if your dicks are hard, but mine is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you actually said that out loud in the theater. And, yep, I got all the notifications everywhere. We are officially live. Long Walk Short Drink episode 49. I am Palmer, broadcasting and podcasting to you from Dayton, Ohio. I am Dave, podcasting to you from Northfield, Minnesota. And joining us is Long Walk Short Drink cast member. Hey, it's Twinkie, everybody. It's me. I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) We are so delighted to have you back. We missed you. I'm from a new basement in Denver, Colorado. It's like three miles away from my old basement. Um, But we're moved, kind of. I think maybe you can see some boxes in the background if you're lucky. Um, But, you know, alive, breathing, after moving with two kids. (laughs) So... I was I, able to see Solo, uh, maybe another episode of Infinity War. I was able to sneak away to see that. So I have been able to see some stuff, uh, but mostly watching Mad Max in my underwear oh. uh, <laughs> uh, is still what I'm doing. <laughs> so. I, uh, now, I, we've already commented on it off the air, but I got to bring it up that you you are sans mullet it, now. It's true. Uh, you know, there's a season for all things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sooner or later, when you get that look um, from my wonderful partner who puts up with just an awful lot, she yeah. does. She really puts up with a lot. You got to cut her a break every now and then. And um, yes, well, you know, Sans Mo now. <laughs> I, uh, I, because I, talking about Mad Max and then talking about the mullet, and I am, I am going to write a movie. You are going to regrow the mullet because we're Uh, gonna we're gonna make this movie where and i don't care if fucking hollywood steals it we're still gonna make it because it'll be our movie so i'm just gonna lay it all out now well they're constantly ripping things off this podcast i don't even know why you're doing well so so (laughs) hear us break down our analytics like that we have two major markets in in california like so they're like we are of our group of listeners, there are large groups in California, which we don't know anybody in those areas. So, right. 
So I think there is a direct line on this podcast mm-hmm. that are so. I my mean, buddy Steve, the- my buddy Steve Spiel. Hey, Steve. Yeah, Steve Spielberg. How you doing, Stevie? I, call him Steve. I just I just read an article today that they greenlit a Jared Leto Joker movie. He they are letting him go oh, with really? his like expanded Joker. They're building off of Suicide Squad, which I don't understand how they can build off of that. <laughs> Let's build. Let's build. Let's try to build a mansion on a on sand, like because that's gonna work. But they're m- moving forward with the Jared Leto Joker movie. So I, I mean, case in point that Hollywood is listening. But this yeah. is the movie that I'm gonna write okay. for us. So it's it's just the turn of the apocalypse, whatever it happens to be, whether it's zombies or aliens or like an asteroid or whatever. But it's just the turn of the apocalypse, and we're two men that have like have dealt with the change in society in two different ways. And you are like, you are the cannibal, like that character I described with like the crowbar Mm -hmm. and I'm like me. And like, you're just chasing me across the desert. Like, like it's like this pursuit of like, yeah, of, of uh, uh, across the desert. I think that, would Only be, if we let's do some like filming in Death Valley, you know. Like I want to. Yes. We're gonna, yeah. Yeah. We're not gonna uh, do this green screen stuff. We're gonna location. No. Yeah. I thought right. of uh, Dave. You know that movie um, with Matt da- Matt Damon and uh, <laughs> Casey Affleck <laughs> where they're in the desert and they're like, I almost succumbed. Isn't that? <laughs> yeah. And then I turned up. <laughs> Uh, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, yeah, yeah. I've never seen it. I only know, but I know only know what you and Larry have talked about that movie. <laughs> yeah. But I picture like Mad Max meets that movie, and it stars awesome. Twinkie and me in the desert. Like, I'm so in. You got a name for this thing? This not, masterpiece? Not yet, but it's gonna be awesome when it happens. Like, it, I, it, it's just gonna be great. I'm in. I mean, you don't. I we're not going to get my agent involved or anything. We're just all right. I'm signing right now. Sweet. So <laughs> oh man. Uh, so Bob, are you drinking tonight? I am. I am. I already got one. Open. Uh, I can open another one though, so we can do the. Whole oh round. yeah. Um, I am drinking. I have a few of these. Uh, Travelers grapefruit, or oh, I'm sorry, wow, pine- pineapple sick. shandy. Are delicious. Whoa, very summery. Good. Where is it? Uh, who's the who's the manufacturer? Uh, I'm Traveler sorry. is the brewery. Oh, Traveler is the brewery. Uh, the okay. Traveler Beer Company. Hmm. They um, their their like normal one is a grapefruit shandy, which is very good. Uh, and they do this limited in the summertime, and it's just it's called Aloha Traveler Pineapple Shandy. It is delicious. Nice. That does sound good. I usually don't go for shandies, but pineapple shandy, it sounds like worth a taste, at least to me. Yeah. So she said, I'm just Ew. drinking Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah, I nice. I, the one I have opened is a standby. So, oh, yeah. oh, nice, nice. Sticking with the dihydrogen oxide tonight. No, that's okay. fine. That's totally understandable. For, you guys, you guys have La like Familia. The, yeah. Yeah. You had the plague go through your house. That's right. right. Like, that's while, you're, while, while you're removing, somehow, and we'll talk about this maybe at some point like the next week if i can survive the next week i'm good but i somehow have avoided the sickness which Whoa. i have no idea why yeah but we'll see what happens yeah i certainly hope you can yeah. avoid yeah. that sickness <laughs> all, all right, right let's do this for our, our live listeners as well on three and three yeah our whole <laughs> buddy our whole zero live listeners 
They're not used to us starting on time. No, they're not. They're, <laughs> they're like scrambling. They're like, normally we have 45 fucking minutes before they're on. <laughs> oh, not um. tonight. Not tonight. Let's talk about all the cool shit before they get on. And then when yeah. it says, like, yeah. two, we have two viewers, we'll be like, all right, so that's cool. it, guys. Awesome. Solo. Nice talking great <laughs> great movie. Oh, so we man. definitely intend to, to talk some solo. Palmer, I know you got a bunch of bunch of cool stuff that's been happening um yeah i don't think we as friends and certainly not as the podcast have heard from twinkie since like the very start of the year so twinkie catch us up on everything you're willing to share on mike yes please oh man uh so moving has been the primary thing you know we i tore down my whole setup here which i'd been using the podcast and put in a storage unit because trying to sell the house you know you don't they want certain looks and whatever and so we we for the better part of the last five months have been cleaning and fixing and trying to keep up on the house. Cause this house is a new construction. So we're kind of following the process along and keeping up with that while we're trying to sell our other house and then time it. So we sold the house, our previous house, we rented it back for like a week and a half from the new homeowners and then moved here. And so all of that is just logistical ridiculousness. Um, just trying to keep up with all of it. Um, you know, yeah, I, beyond that, I've been able to sneak away and, and catch a few movies. Um, but really you built I've, the house, the, the house you're in now you had built. Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, a builder. It's a, you know, it's a track home. It's uh, the builder builds hundreds of houses a year, you know, but you know, you want to stay up on it and make sure that you're the first ones to live in it, but yeah. you didn't necessarily order that house. It was well, just... I did. We did. Oh yeah. Okay. Gotcha. We designed it, and yeah. I mean, they give you like minimal options. Here's these three layouts. Here's the six types of cabinets you can choose. Here's the, you know, and so you, there's at least the illusion of choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's nice. It's good. We, I, I love it. It's a great location. It's a little closer to where I work, the airport. Um. Uh, it's, it allows me to tell really stupid jokes. For example, the, uh, the, uh, sporting goods company Dick's sponsors a stadium nearby us that the Colorado Rapids, the professional hockey or um, soccer team plays at and rugby. But now I get to tell people I wake up in the morning and see Dick's nice. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's worth the mortgage payment right there. <laughs> oh, I love who doesn't want to wake up and hear dicks or see dicks. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's cool. see what else. I, you know, but I haven't, I've been trying to get the whole streaming thing, uh, working. I've got a green screen that I think will allow me to kind of st utilize the space a little bit better. I will hopefully have some time, which is the primary driver <laughs> in any of this. Right. Um, there's plenty of video games to be played. That's for sure. But, uh, no, just uh, doing family life. Uh, no real like traveling or anything else. I um, have been trying to to just get get everything ready to go so that the the second half of the year can be a little more on the creative side for me. Awesome. Um, get everything established. So yeah, that's where I'm at in June. Um, hoping what are you to playing enjoy right now? Um, right. So right now I have a couple old PC games that I've been trying to get set up and see if I could stream those. They're old. They're adventure games from a company called Sierra. Um, 
What, like Bard's Tale? One of them is called Codename Iceman. Okay. And the other one's a, like a Robin Hood game. Oh, okay. These are from like the early 90s of PC gaming. So we're talking minimal, like, uh, let's see. Uh, like v- Quest. VGA, yeah. So like 256 colors. And, uh, you know, this would be like a, probably like a NES, a Super NES or Sega Genesis type, uh, like that era of games. Yeah. Uh, and so my goal is to do late night when I get home from work on Thursday nights for a couple hours and appeal to people with kind of retro game experience, probably some new games, but more independent enough. I'm not going to be playing like, um, if you've, if you've are familiar with games like, um, Fortnite, which is a really popular game, right? It's an arena shooter game, really pop. I mean, they make $130 million a week. Yeah. Or the, PUBG. The PUBG yeah. One. Right. So although those games are not, I'm, I'm an old now. And so olds are restricted from playing certain games that require like Twitch reflexes yeah. uh, of which those are. So yeah, I, I uh, turn-based strategy adventure, awesome. you know, just games that I can um, enjoy. I think another angle I'll probably take is like learn to play. So if people are interested or just want to take a peek, but they're uncomfortable with that type of game, they could watch my stream and I'll, be more verbal and talking like why I'm making certain decisions or why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it helps generate interest for a game, which is good. You know, you want, if you have a game that you like, you want to give it exposure. I'll have, it'll be minimal exposure for someone like me who streams, but exposure all the same. And then hopefully people buy it and then the people can keep making more of that game, which is kind of, kind of the end goal. It's why you go see movies, right? You want to go see, X movie because if they sell enough tickets, hopefully they'll make another movie of that. So exactly. Yeah. Well, unless like you're the only one that likes it, and then they then you only get that one. Right. Unless. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I just speaking of which, I just watched. Uh, uh, what's the the guy that directed the Fifth Element that his movie that just came out? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, Luke Besson. Yeah, and Valerian. Valerian. I just watched yeah. it. I, like that was fantastic. Like yeah. it was, it was really I, I, enjoyable. I, I saw it's on Amazon Prime, and I, I haven't sat down to watch it yet. Yeah. But but again, that's one of those ones. Like I enjoyed it, and I but I can totally see why it's not ever going to get us. A- <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so depressing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love those. Uh. King's Quest and like th- those old Sierra days, man, those games, there's a guy who worked for Sierra uh, who has a really awesome YouTube channel that's all about old retro gaming. I've watched a few mm. of his um, episodes. I'll have to send some of those to you because it's really awesome. He uh, Sometimes he'll get uh, some of his old co-workers on and they'll talk about those days because they had like helplines like you could call sure. and like it, like helplines on games right. and everything and they were 900 numbers you paid yeah. oh yeah yeah and uh not those kind of one 900 numbers right. but yeah and uh <laughs> the good and, kind <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, but that's really but those games were relentless uh those have popped up on a few lists where like King's Quest, especially where you, there's just like some innocuous clue that's like early on in the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you could get like, out, yeah, you could get like 40 hours into the game yep. and be like, 
Uh, so do you remember that blue mouse that was on the third screen that you just like <laughs> walked right by? Yeah. And without that, you're not going to be able to progress. And your only choice is to like start Reload, all over. Yeah. yeah, to start all over. You know, it's like um, if you if you talk about the the movie industry, right? And the first movies that were made were essentially there's a stage over there, put a camera here, and then people act like they're in a play and we'll film it and we'll have a movie. Right. And a lot of early video games were essentially board game components that were pulled in or like uh, tabletop RPG, like uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, for example, or other pen and paper games. Sure. So they would just pull what they did back then. And you know what? In your pen and paper game, when you were playing with your buddies and you were two hours in and you missed the quest, you could just say, okay, fine, well, I'll go back. And we picked up the blue mouse and now we're we're back. Right. What do we need to do? Right. Well, but then you play your video game. Now you got to replay three hours of video game. Uh, um, so, you know, so as the industry learned that it's okay to be challenging, it's not okay to be punishing, just like right. the movie industry learned like, oh, we could move the camera or we could move the people right. or, you know, Etc. Right, right. et or so, move the, or we could move the sets, the people, and the camera <laughs> all at the same time. That's right. And then they grow, and that's why now you have video games that cost two hundred million dollars. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Oh. It, well, and they're all like, and they're sixty dollars for so long. And then, well, because so I bought a Switch. I oh sold, nice. Sold my PS4 and got a Switch, and it, it. I do not regret that decision at all. I probably I, I did a little bit. When the last God of War came out, because I um, heard that was fantastic, and I'll probably really regret it when The Last of Us comes out, because that yeah. the first one, the sequel to The Last of Us, because the first one was so good. Yeah, I'm still in the middle of God of War right now. Is it good? Like it is. It, is. Oh, and man. I've never, I've never played a God of War game. Yeah, ever. well, in the, and so I've it's a heard, like this experience. is the one. Yeah, this is the one that if you like, it's not like any of the other ones. Yeah, so. Um, because uh, I tried to play the first one and it was a lot of like quick time events and I can't stand quick time. I think they're right out in video games. I, uh, I think there's still that punishing thing. Like, sure. There are people who enjoy quick time event games. I'm not one of those people. I see, right. just see that as punishment. So now these are well designed and I, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of transition real quickly. One of the things coming up this coming week is kind of like, uh, it's like, the Oscars, but rolled into some sort of big promo is, is uh, the Entertainment Expo, E3, out in L.A. And it's basically a time where video game designers, creators get together and then put out all their promotional material. And it's, uh, it's like a celebration of video games. And they have creators on to talk about the design process now. And they've really enhanced it to talk about how video games are made and why video games are made and who makes them and why they make them. And I just, it's a really great experience to see behind the scenes. It's like watching. It's like when you buy the, that Blu-ray of your move, the favorite movie and you get to watch the behind the scenes and you get to watch the director talk about the movie and you get to watch the commentary tracks. That's what this is like. And also they, they promo all the new video games. And then, so that's coming up this weekend and into next week and the following weekend is comic con here in Denver. Which I'm volunteering at again and uh, spending a, a whole day down there. Um, you got to so get us some field reporting. Yeah, I got to do a better job than I did last year. Yeah, um, 
Uh, and I don't know right. anything from last get, year. Get to, you got to get some long walk short drink cards and pass those out. <laughs> yeah. got to get you all set up, man. Get to get a Twitter hand, get your Twitter going with your hashtag. Yeah, it's, like, it's a, I just love to see video and stuff of you there too. Yeah, just absolutely. little cell phone snippets. Yeah, and it's it's uh, great. I think Holly and the kids are going to head down on a different day, um, and just go for a shorter chunk of time. I'm the volunteering will be like a twelve hour day, but the other time will just be a couple hours. Um, but it is it's a great this like coming week. I next year I need to just take the week off from work. I need to try to get it off because um, it's a really great time for me to indulge both like the passion for how to to see that people are what create these things. I mean, it's 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 all about people. It's all about the passion that people can bring to these projects, whether it's movies or games or comic books or I mean anything. It's great to see passionate people creating things so. yep i agree i agree 100 percent. that's awesome. so cool that you can do that <laughs> the the you know volunteer and all that and yeah be a part of it yeah I, I, if i can get time off next year which i is a pretty good chance i can um i'll probably volunteer a couple days because we get honestly get free passes for next year the following you get free passes for the following year and you know they do try to incentivize people to come down and or to go down. And to, I mean, uh, you still, it's like even volunteering, you still get to be there. You still get yeah. to see all the like cosplay. You still get to see like all the, like, I'm sure like once your shift is over, is the day done at that point with the comic? Like, Oh, I guess. Well, like, for me it is, but I get breaks in there. And honestly, I just keep my badge on and I walk around and it, it the, me having the badge kind of helps me mentally break my, uh, probably insecurities and shyness and, be willing to talk to people because they yeah. see the badge and they know that I'm just not some like idiot make, you know, but I, I'm a volunteer. And so I'll ask people, I got my picture taken with a couple people last year and hope to do the same again. Awesome. Um, it is. It's really cool to see uh, people really enjoying themselves and feeling like they can be who they really are and not get made fun of like they probably would at, you know, wherever they're walking down the street, you know, Right. I, things like I well and I, I think though I, for all the flack that um shows like Big Bang Theory get like I think they really have helped to make that more mainstream where those people aren't necessarily getting I don't think they're getting ridiculed as much as they were when we, we were into that. You know what I mean like when we were trying to be open with being cool yeah. and that stuff. Like yeah, I mean even at work now people make comments about it. It's so funny to me. Yeah, it's uh, the so same crazy. people who, who will, uh, you know, wear Broncos, Denver Broncos yeah. T-shirts and hats and coats and pants and socks, and foam fingers, you know, still will will find a a way to rationalize in their mind making fun of someone who will dress up as a character that they really like. Yeah. Like, well, don't you do the same exact thing? thing? Yeah, like the, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not making fun of you. I, there's right. no reason why you you're obviously passionate about this very specific athletic event or athletic team, and that's great. That's wonderful. I but I it, think that comes though too with just like our age group. I think like it's much more. A lot of those lines are much more blurred. I think with younger kids. Um, I just bought a van from a really young kid 
and I'm not trying to segue to that. I'm just like, this kid was super young. And when I saw him, I totally started stereotyping. Like he was like really attractive and young. And like, you could tell he was kind of a jock. And we had the longest conversation about Infinity War. Like once the yeah. deal was done with the car, like we talked for probably 40 minutes about Star Wars and Infinity War and like going to the movies and like totally would not have pegged him as like liking any of that stuff. And sure. he, he thanked me at the end. He's like, thanks for being such an awesome customer, like and not being so cut and dry. And I'm like, oh, no problem. Like he and I gave him I I did like hustle the podcast a little bit with him though so yes. of course I did right. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good I, I just reminded me the one person I've ever recommended the podcast to which is te- probably a bad thing to say <laughs> but it's weird to recommend it to people that you know or don't want to know you oh, the yeah. way that you are anyway but I did recommend it to a guy that fixed my cable or fixed the internet because I, I had explained why I needed video calls and he was really cool about it I think he said he was going to go listen to it right away. I don't know if he did, but I have to tell you, like Ash hustles the podcast more than any other person. Like if you think <laughs> so I, great. if you think I hustle the podcast, it is like she will work it into any. Like there's to the point where I'm like, babe, not everybody needs to know I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have sponsors. That's my favorite. You have sponsors. I love the when last time you told us about this, you're like, you get. Your quote from her was like, but you have sponsors. Oh, you yeah. Have sponsors. I love she, that. She was, she's like, you have sponsors. Like, that was, that was somehow totally, like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, validating. Like, that That makes, yeah. it, makes we're, us legit. We're, we're kind of a big deal. <laughs> like, because like, we signed up for the thing that anybody, any podcast would <laughs> sign up for. So, uh, but yeah, no, she does pass. She pedals the podcast off. There, Actually, there's a few people that, um, I, her intentional community that she was a part of uh, before she graduated college with her undergrad and that she still is a part of that community. I know at least like four of them, three or four of them that have started listening to the podcast that they will, they have come up to me in get togethers and have been like, I just want you to know, I put your podcast on for like the hour that I get ready for work in the morning. And I love it. Like, and it's wow. like, yeah, just like really awesome. And I'm like, well, yeah. what do you like about it? And she's like, it just, you guys really like, you can tell you guys really know each other and you're really comfortable. And so you can just, it's the same thing that we've heard everybody say. Like it's, it it's great to just, we get this like peek in and really get to know you guys right. because you're so comfortable on the, on the air. So, I mean, which is really endearing. So Sure. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. Not to mention stunningly good looking. Hey. I don't <laughs> brag at all. Uh, if that... I start to get too ornery, sometimes the bride will be like, oh, Twinkie's on? <laughs> the one with the voice? <laughs> the hair? <laughs> uh, be like, it's my the bride girl. flirts with all of your friends. Oh, my friends are oh, hot. It's yeah. a problem. Uh, it's yeah. important no, not it, to have hot friends. <laughs> you know, uh, shit the bride says is a is a as a the one thing that I can share with Holly that she'll like enjoy. I mean, that she doesn't just, she's just not really interested in the, the movies and the, which is totally fine, but Absolutely. the shit, the bride stuff just cracks her up. And so uh, I, I was <laughs> like, cool. See, you, you, you got any Dave? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah um, I actually, up. there was one in particular I wanted to have uh, for tonight. There's been, a, she's been kind of on fire lately. <laughs> just saying, 
Uh, I always enjoy the ones that involve our illustrious leader. Uh, those always bring a smile to my face. Yeah. Wait, which which is the illustrious leader? Uh, I I refuse to say his name of this great country of ours. Uh, oh, those. Yeah, let me see. Well, mostly they're directed at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are my favorites. What was the other? What was the one the other day? It was just recently. It was um, I don't mind you on social media, but when you ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> i'll do that one so yeah if um so twinkie saw this in advance as as anyone can uh, i'll tweet them out as she says them and there's a new emote bit she did a bit emoji recently which has just been the greatest thing to happen to me this year (laughs) (laughs) those things are so funny i'll they're laugh out like one time she sent me one recently it was like her in a pug suit (laughs) like a (laughs) life-size dog pug suit with I think a pile of shit in the corner or something. I don't. Just, there's some weird stuff. One where she was like a bear was holding her. Anyway, they're so bizarre. But I found one, or or she rather sent me one that is like her with this, a sword, like being unsheathed in front yeah. of her mouth. So it's kind of like she's being censored by the sword. Anyway, so I, that's the yeah. That's the icon you can see if you go to Twitter and at shit dub ride says yeah. still breaks my heart. I, I hope they let the you know the at let your name be longer like they let the tweets because shit dub ride says doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it but in any event so june 5th she says to me or no i say to her uh i don't have a problem because we we're talking about social media and so i say to her i was like i don't have a problem with your use of social media except when you're looking at your phone instead of paying attention to me and she deadpans and then you should be more interesting <laughs> uh yeah. Yes. <laughs> Things all of our brides just really want to say to us, yeah. but yep. Dave's bride uh, is willing to do it. We even got one from uh actually since since we last did a proper segment like this, Palmer had one within our text chain from Ash that was and 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 Double D had one um from his wife <laughs> that he called like here's my shit to rest. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah. I wonder if we should we could dig those up maybe and, and read oh, them. Yeah. One of them had to do a solo, uh, which was fun. Uh, for oh yeah. D. About not looking like, yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll do I'll t- two more. One of which is the star Wars one. This one uh, is a quick one from April 17th where she says, it must be so hard to be honest and good. It's so much more fun to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what prompted. Oh, I don't. Yeah. So this one's from April 15th and it's star Wars themes. That's why I had it pulled out. Um, I say, I'm tired of people shitting on George Lucas. And then she says immediately, then he shouldn't have shit on all of us. That's incredible. There, So there you go. So shit to Brian says for you. Oh, that, that is classic. <laughs> Palmer, what's been happening with you? Um, um, when last we spoke, well, it was a cabin kid episode. So the sort of yeah. we, that those are sort of what do you call them? Like in a in a well, like TV so, show, it's like non mythology so or whatever. Ago, <laughs> two episodes ago, I qu- was when I I announced I quit my job, right? Yeah. And then last episode with Crams, we I kind of talked about how I was going to start a business. Oh yes, yeah. And, you teased. You did tease that. Yeah. Well, the van is not to live in. Down by no, the river. Like, oh, okay. Actually, <laughs> I've been moving too. You know what's funny is, is like that is my contingency. <laughs> <laughs> like if I end up 
driving Ash away, like with all of these crazy harebrained schemes. I will at least have somewhere to live without having to move back into my friend's basements. So, um, uh, yeah, no. So I have started purchasing things for my business and, uh, I, uh, traded in my juke, which I couldn't fit anything in and, uh, bought a van, uh, work van. So, uh, all I can think of, it, well, not all I can think of, but I have thought a couple times that how I am slowly becoming row. Uh, <laughs> you know, you like how did he drive vans for like so long? He just yeah. like, oh, that. like uh, does yeah. your van look like uh, like the no, not the Wolfmobile, but I'm picturing like the kind of blue van that he's in Teen Wolf at the beginning. No, here, like, I'll fl- text you a picture of it. Um, oh, awesome. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get that. Uh, here in a second but it um no it's this really sweet oh here that's this is this is it so we'll send this to message lwsd cast pow so that should be coming here in a second no it's a nissan nv200 it's just like a little like um if you've seen those like sprinter vans or whatever like the little ford ford's got one and Dodge, all the major ones have these little cargo vans where they're like basically mini, the cross between a minivan and a panel van where there's no like windows. It's all cargo and utility stuff, but um, it's not as big. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet looking. So black like, tinted windows. Twiggy, Twiggy's got a, <laughs> he's got a meme up here. When you're living at, uh, yes. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Uh, living in a van down by the river. And so, no, um, that's all going good. I got, uh, I ordered my CNC machine. Um, I started getting pieces for that, which is fantastic. Uh, I'm as soon as I, I just picked up today, my table saw and, um, my table saw and my planer and a couple other pieces of equipment that, uh, I'm going to install a, a dust collecting system and all that stuff and get ready for the CNC machine. I have about two to three weeks. I have to wait for all the pieces to come in for the CNC machine. So in the meantime, uh, I need to build a table to put it on because um, it's uh, going to be a big one. So I have to build like a four by eight bench to put this thing on four foot by eight. Yeah. I love it when you build benches. <laughs> For some reason, I'm so amused by that. Yeah, because <laughs> you uh, have to build a lot of benches oh, before you build bench, the things. Like that, a workbench. Yeah, bench, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. You, you're building one of those right? now that already. Uh, that I, I built the benches I have now to convert because I have such a small space, and so um, now that's all like all that's getting changed. So, uh, but yeah, that's I mean that's kind of where I am. Things have been going awesome, like totally positive, like total like game changer. I uh, I applied for some little jobs, uh, which I uh, have some interviews. I have an interview later this week and probably an interview next week. Uh, one job, though, that I kind of have my fingers crossed on is being a delivery person for one of the little micro brews around here. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, uh, which would be a fantastic job. Um, so I would totally... Like I was like these three jobs I'm t- I would totally love to do, and uh, um, 
like one of them is working in a center that like dictates calls for the deaf. One of them is a working in a retail tool uh, store. And then the other one is driving this delivery beer truck, which all of those things are all three of them sound awesome to me. And uh, <laughs> I know to a lot of people they are like, oh, but they, uh, they just all sound fantastic. And so, because you'd never take any of those home. And uh, so, Ash was like, well, if you could pick, take your pick, which one would you want to do? I was like, oh, the delivery one all day long. Like, how awesome would it be to just, like, drive all day and, like, get to talk to people on your route and, like, about beer? Oh, <laughs> fantastic. So, you'd be would you drive before your... you know it. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Absolutely. So... Would you drive your vehicle or would oh, you no, drive I like a drive truck? I, I'm assuming I would drive one of theirs. So, um, but yeah, uh, things are just like, that's like the, that's the total cliff notes of it. I don't want to like waste all of our time. Cause I really want to save time like make sure we have a good chunk of time to talk about solo and, uh, all our other things that we have to talk about. But so that's like the good cliff notes version of what I've been up to. Like, so, um, I paid off all my debt. I am debt free except for my wow. student loans. Uh, so I guess I'm not debt free. Uh, do you see how I, I think I paid off my student loans since we last talked? I didn't realize how far along they were. And, awesome. uh, that was that, that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I wish I was, I was going to pay them off. Um, I'm actually in the process right now of, uh, the feds are reviewing, uh, if I qualify for, which I will, because I taught for so long. At, at I'll beep that out. Oh though, yeah, even though it's getting closed, uh, because I taught so long there, uh, I'm probably going to get like almost eighteen thousand wiped off the books. Really, that's yeah. awesome. Which will be fantastic. So we, we use some of the cool. proceeds from the sale of our house to pay off the rest of my wife's loans. Oh, so oh, oh, that's great. Off. Yeah, yeah, awesome. That's. It well, is. It's it's a it's a burden lifted. I hope you were able to get some of that taken care of. So. Oh yeah, no, it it was great. Um, it really like I told Ash, uh, just the way things, some of the things lined up. Like I had money in our savings account to cover some tools that I wanted to purchase, but just the it was more convenient to just put it back on a credit card that I had just paid off because the site already had the credit card saved, not our other account information saved. So I was like, well, I'll just put it on that and then I'll pay it off because I'll just move the money over and pay it off. And like I had gone like two days without that. And I just like I remember getting on and seeing that. And I'm like, no, fuck that. And I like paid it off real quick because I'm just like, no, you don't need to do that anymore. Because that really it, it is amazing how fast that you can feel trapped by that and feel like I have to keep doing this like thing that's making me miserable because I have to pay for all the right. fun that I had previously, you know? So, yeah, uh, agreed. I don't know. It's a, it's a big trap. And I feel like I, this is the first time in my adulthood that I feel like I have like an upper hand in it and I really can do anything. Like I, I broke down, I, we, I did our budget and figured that all up. And, uh, I only need to bring home like 1200 bucks a month to live the, because of all the debt that I paid off. I, I only need to bring home 1200 a month to live the same lifestyle that we were living before without me working. So, which that's nothing. I can hustle $1,200 a month. Uh, no problem. That's awesome. 
Yeah. So, uh, fantastic. It's great. It's it's like a whole new beginning, which is exactly what I wanted. I feel like for me, uh, uh, when it comes to the money thing, because I have to retire when I'm 56, I can no longer work as an air traffic controller. It's just always on the front of my mind, like, okay, I have 18 years left. Yeah. You got to be ready to go when it's, there's no, sure. I can get another job, but, but just not, you know, it'd be at a different income level, of course. And I can't quit this job and go be an air traffic controller somewhere else. I mean, like there's no, that's the skill set I have. And so, but if it's going to be something else that has to be something I'm developing along the way. So, yeah. Um, gotta gotta have the plan in place now which can be kind of lame um no i i mean i i think if if i would have had if there would have been even a couple chain things different i wouldn't have been able to do what i just did and and there's even things that could change in the near future that could like totally have made these choices we'll put added stress that these choices you know what i mean like um ash could get pregnant in the next year and that i I think the first year would be the most critical if she were to get pregnant that it would be the toughest in this first year but after that it would be i think it would be fine but even if it didn't even if she were to get pregnant in this first year we'd be okay. But that was one thing. Like we just don't have kids. It just made it a little easier to make this this decision. You know, we didn't own a house. Like we're just renting. Um, That was another one where, you know, we're not tied to this area. So if, if something were to happen and we needed to go somewhere else, we still could. Um, The whole retirement thing is a little, and I know that's like the first thing, that all everybody was like, you know, don't touch any of that. You're not supposed to touch it. And I get that. Um, my financial advisor, though, he gave me he really did a breakdown for me that made sense where he's like, you know, if you're drowning in debt, you're going to save money by paying it off in the long run. Like you'll save more money by paying it off now than oh, paying yeah. it off for the next 20 years. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So we'll see. You're going to be like Jay Pritchett from Modern Family. You're going to be a mogul. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try. Like, I just want to, even if I could just make, if I could just make stuff that I could just make enough to live off of, that would be good enough for me. I don't need to be a millionaire. Ash and I were talking about that too. Like, you know, we, we don't need to be rolling in money. I don't want to, I don't want to be. I don't know if I have enough in me to hustle a million dollars a year. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a lot. That's just like a lot of work, but man, I could hustle 60 grand and make that stretch like no problem, you know? Yeah. So, well, the key is you got to get to the point where other people are hustling for you. See what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Just chilling like Jay Pritchett and modern family in your house. Other people are making closets. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Good, man. You know what? It's way braver than I would ever be. No question about it. Starting a business terrifies me. Yeah. Um, Well, and I mean, and it's like, and everybody's like, oh, well, let me know. You know, you you have a bunch of orders ready. Like I told somebody yesterday, I was like, well, I quit my job and I'm going to start a business, a woodworking business. How many orders do you have? I don't even have the machine yet. You know, like this is, there's going to be time involved with this. And uh, I'm really hoping like, 
there's a learning curve involved, which that I guess that could be our first segue to do a little bit of books here. So this is like starting Ooh. with uh, here's some reading recommendations, long walk, sh short drink reading recommendations. Uh, so make if you uh, make magazine is this really awesome uh, magazine that kind of um, they sponsor like Adam Savage's channel on YouTube. If you've seen any of that, uh, Jimmy Darista does does a lot of stuff for make magazine. Um, they publish these books. They get like people in the make uh, community, maker community. Like this one right here is uh, written by the guy who founded Inventables, which is the company that creates the CNC machine that I ordered. Um, so, and like, this is like a textbook, but it's project based. So there's like five projects in here that teach you the fundamentals of this stuff. And, uh, this one's fusion 360, which lets you do, it's all like three dimensional, um, design like CAD design, all the stuff I'm going to be using as well as 3d animation. You can use this program for it's a free program. Uh, so here's two book recommendations I would totally suggest. Uh, but these are what I'm uh, using to help get through this learning curve piece. Nice. What is that do you a new segment? Oh, no. <laughs> Long walk, short drink, book recommendation. No, because yeah. we always talk about what we're reading. So I, I like, yeah. I, so I'm reading that. I'm reading those, and then I'm listening to. I finished Blood Meridian, which. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you that is just. Cormac McCarthy, like that's just Cormac McCarthy. It's so fucking fantastic. I'm totally with you in pumps. I have no idea what I listened to. I just know it was good and beautiful. Like, yeah, <laughs> and horrendous. Like it was so brutal. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. uh, yeah. And the but the judge is probably one of the best villains I've ever or antagonists. I think I guess he's more of an antagonist. Uh. That like Dolores Umbridge and then Randall, oh. like, so there's like Dolores Umbridge and then Randall Flagg and then the judge, like, all in the like oh, nice. top three. He's so, I actually, so, um, have you encountered Randall Flagg again yet? In any, no, I've been on a big pause, but uh, I know I will. <laughs> uh, okay, so you do know that he's like a recurring character that comes up, right? So, yeah, yeah. uh, I really think that the judge is like a like a, co a a version of Randall Flagg that just made it into another universe, like by another author. Like huh. it's so 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 good. So I finished that. I'm listening to. I'm on another self help book right now. Is what I'm listening to. Um, Unfuck yourself, which was Double D's recommendation. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which is I did not know this. It is written and read by the it's read by the author. The audiobook is read by the author. And he's a Scott Scottish man, Scotsman. And so it he has this amazing accent while he reads his book. So it's it's amazing. Uh that sounds fun. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh for all of our one listeners out there and uh who are watching us live. Thank you, Moto. And uh, that's probably Moto. I should bring up the screen so I can see the. It is. I actually just brought it up on my phone for the first time. Oh yeah. So I can see. I can see too. Moto, yeah. you could just log in, buddy. Just log in, and then you could chat with us live. 
true. <laughs> <laughs> Just need those iPhone he- iPhone headphones like Twinkie has there. That's yep. right. And it'd work on from um, your phone. But no, so our listeners should head over to uh, audibletrial.com slash LWSD and uh, sign up for your free Audible trial and get your free audiobook. And download Unfuck Yourself or Blood Meridian. I would recommend either one of those. What are you listening to right now, Dave? I'm still listening to a lot of like personal stuff uh, I mean, or like project-based oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Actually, what I'm listening to, <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to be able to do this, but I'm listening to these digitized tape letters that I sent the bride uh, about 12 years ago. <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, so I used to carry around this um, Palms... Uh, not not the itty bitty tape recorders that you see sometimes on TV, but like one that would hold full size tapes. And uh, the bride and I, the first year of our relationship, she lived in Duluth, Minnesota, and I lived in Kent, Ohio. And um, so we would pass, we would record these things and send the, these tapes and send them back and forth. And uh, there were a lot of guest stars, I guess. Uh, Palmer, we did an episode of Member of Palmer's Picks uh, that I haven't gotten to yet. In fact. So, but I'm doing this as part of that Dog Days 10th anniversary expansive thing that I'm doing. My thought was that I might take the music-related segments and uh, include them somehow. That I don't know. I haven't gotten to enough of them, or I, I don't necessarily think that I will. And the first tape I listened to, you know, in some ways they're like podcasts, but there's no host. <laughs> but you do get to you're like hanging out with someone through the day. Um, yeah. So that part of it is kind of interesting and fun to sort of relive that. But, you know, at the same time, they're love letters in a way. So that stuff's tough to listen to <laughs> myself doing that. Uh, but <laughs> Doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's very endearing. <laughs> to the I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's rough. In fact, after yeah. the first one, I was like, I can't even, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't listen to these. <laughs> I spent so long like digitizing the tapes, um, and then uh, the first one I listened to a few weeks ago, I was like, "Yeah, that's not nice. I can't." But she was gone for a couple days, and then I, yeah, I was in this similar space to where she was somewhere else, and this was my—I don't know. So there was something similar about this sort of. It's not even bat- bachelor dumb, like if especially if it's concentrated, left to my own devices, I just like work on my stuff my projects right. either their stuff i've created myself or like whatever making making kind of i don't know collections of other people's anyway i just do it for like 12 13 hours a day and uh so i was doing that these last couple of days and listening to these tape letters and it was pretty fun but right before that right before i decided to try again i had finally loaded cujo on my phone i'm like i'm gonna do this <laughs> like i it's t- that was the time because i got caught up on wplmr which you can listen to palmer's first podcast on uh we did the 10th anniversary reposting so it didn't live anywhere in the internet now it lives at mixcloud.com slash dol records highly recommend those they're like mixtapes slash with comedy sketches in between from uh palmer for the like Anyway, from 10 years ago. They're magnificent. So I, I was listening to those for a while. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, I really enjoyed all those. Palmer all the time. That was one of the, <laughs> that's one of the taglines. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of guests on those too. Uh, I, yeah. So that's kind of what I have been listening to. But I definitely, Cujo's on, on the horizon because I've been burning through these tape letters now. <laughs> Nothing you can get from Audible, but... Uh, <laughs> 
you should put you should put together just a little mix sample of these tapes, like just so we can hear anything. Let's be clear, like I wouldn't mind a little bit of you know love talk from Dave. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, oh, that just not, like just like an audio trailer of yeah, like, the, I mean, like just a sample. I'm just saying. All the, right, I'll keep it a bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just I, put that out there. That it, yeah, our, our <laughs> listeners might appreciate it. Our whole three viewers. We're up to three <laughs> viewers already. Oh, <laughs> outstanding! Yeah, Hello. already at eight fifty one. We, it's I, I know what it is. It's because they we thought we'd start now. At like no, <laughs> at eight forty-five we jumped up to three viewers, and I and I knew it was because we started late the last two times. Yeah. We have to be better about that. We should get like every other every other live session. We should know that we are going to just talk shop and start like a half hour early or something. That's a good yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that more. I uh, I, I got to show you that because we talked about this and I had this for I've had this for two episodes I'm waiting to show you this because we talked about these all the way back at um when we talked Ready Player One. And you had your original one, and in amidst me quitting my job and like going through my existential crisis, one day I decided to just go wander around a dying Toys R Us, and look, they re look at this. Oh shit! They re-released a limited face edition hugger Mad Balls. This is an alien face hugger Mad Ball. Oh, that gives me like the creeps. He's even got a Wayland Yutani hat on him, just like from the <laughs> aliens. There's a whole series of these. There's six of them. Um, I I made a, a sh um, episode sheet for episode 49. Uh, I saw that. Thank you. Yeah, I got it up. So um, that uh, there's a Jason Voorhees. A Freddy Krueger, a Xenomorph, and the Facehugger Alien got two of them. That's awesome. Uh, is there a Michael oh, Myers? Wow. I think. Let's see. I'll, I'll share my screen here. So. Oh, here forty nine. That's what we are. Um. Oops. Yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, Predator, Freddy. Leatherface, Xenomorph, Facehugger, and Jason Voorhees. Like, who doesn't want that entire set of Mad Balls? <laughs> that's like all. That's all great ones. Oh, that's awesome. All right, I'm sharing my screen now. Hopefully, so Twinkie, you can you can see these, and and our YouTube viewers or you know, etc. So, can you see them now? Oh, the yeah. Freddy and yep. Yeah, that's some intense looking stuff. <laughs> I know. I see as a non. Look at the eyeballs on that. One that you got, oh the, yeah, yeah the face under one. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> mad upsetting. balls. Oh. What's the one in the bottom right corner? Leatherface. Uh, I can oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's intense. That's good stuff. Okay. So I just, I just thought it was hilarious that I'm walking around this like it was the saddest thing. It was the saddest visit to Toys R Us I've ever had in my oh, entire man, life. Yeah, that was uh, brutally here. Yeah, and. uh I just happened upon this Mad Ball that happened to be about one of my favorite franchises ever. So, or or my favorite franchise, the Alien franchise. 
Um, yeah, we got that 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 show will come on someday. <laughs> it, whenever we feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> whenever we damn well please. It'll come at the same time when the website comes up. How about that? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um. So we well, you mentioned Cujo. We talked a little. You want to just like I have other King Corner stuff. We could finish that. Yeah. Up. Let me grab a quick beer. And and, and oh, uh, then jump into do that. Do we need to do a pee break? It's nine. I don't need a full break. Uh, I have another reason for this. You'll see in a moment. I just need to step off camera for a heartbeat. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. You guys talk for a second. Yeah. Uh, no problem. Maybe get started. I'm gonna mute my mic. Let me. And I'll be back. Like let me magic. just pull up this code name Iceman real quick for you, Palmer. While we're code name Iceman. I'll yeah. just like the the, the I like. Oh, this is that the game. Yeah. Just the artwork for it. It might. It might ring about it wasn't like a very popular game it's just that if you've been to gog.com now a sponsor of our show because i just said it um good old games they sell all kinds of stuff and one of them oh i gotta open a new window um one of like they sell like all these old games like three dollars or something you know it's really yeah inexpensive because they're really not that good (laughs) oh I loved from this era. Seventh Guest was one of my favorites. Right, sure. Uh, it was between like Lucas Arts and Sierra, and then like uh, Seventh Guest was. Let's see, I don't remember who they were, but they there was you know a few that were. Were they was Sierra the same company that did uh, Phantasmagoria? Right, that was yeah. a little bit later, but yes. Yeah, I was a huge fan. Uh, the first one was like really, it was just like a click through. Um, the sequel to that though, that game messed me up. Oh really? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, there was some serious like serious scientific moral implications in that game. Where like the whole point, the whole time you're playing as the protagonist, you find out that you're who you thought was your father, basically sent you to the nether this nether realm. Where they, you were a clone of yourself, basically, where they like pieced together this version of you and sent that back. And then he raised that at like you. Sure. And and they kept the real son. And you like confront yourself at some point, this thing that was left to be experimented on. That sounds awful. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that game was so. Like I remember, it was like one of the only games I ever played as a kid. Where I'm like, I shouldn't be playing this game. <laughs> this is horrific. Ugh. Oh my! Oh man, God. it's so loud. Sorry. Hang on a second. What you got? got turn we off need the to do when you're ready to start streaming too. Before you are ready to do that, we should do a private hangout where I can go over how to do the sound, the soundboard. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, so that you have that. It's really. It's actually you don't even need a cable. Um, I I can you can you can oh look at those graphics. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and like you have to type in what you want the person to do. Yeah, this is classic. Like this is good. All good gaming right here. The get shirt is one of the things the guy has to do. You can like drown if you walk in the water. Anyway, I will not bore you with further, but that's, that's, ooh. Oh, can we show this? Do we need to blur this out here? Oh, yeah. No, show it. Show it. Yow. Pixels. (laughs) 
if you know what I'm saying. She's got <laughs> podcast all eight list- bits, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> For podcast <laughs> listeners, if you're not watching on YouTube. Oh, I'm sorry. Know. Yes, we are. Uh, we are showing Codename Iceman, which is a, I could look up the specifics, but it's 1990 or 91. And it's obviously very pixelated and uh, dated. And just the gameplay is not great. But it's fun to walk through some of these old games and. I love that he st- he was standing by a volleyball net because for me Iceman means one only one thing <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Top Gun, <laughs> yeah. and so he looks like he's about to play with the boys right there. It actually turns into a uh, submarine simulator because you're a secret agent that's on a submarine and you have to pilot the submarine, and it is as bad as what that sounds. It is awful. That's awesome, but uh, <laughs> it's fun anyway. So, but let's let's back to Dave. I want to close this thing out here if I can figure it out. Oh, so I'm back and I'm ready for my for the Stephen yes, King corner. Yes, yes, <laughs> I got. I'm rocking my oh, uh, Monster Squad oh. Stephen King rules shirt. Your homemade Stephen King rules shirt. Oh, I love. It's it. not. It's not actually homemade. That remember I that did. Squad cast? Yeah, I yeah. was talking about. They have merchandise the for for Monster Squad basically, and this was one of them. I. That's so fo- awesome. I actually ordered one for you too, but um, I got a notification that they were out of the size that I chose. Oh, and so God. I was like, ah, oh. they're like, do you want me to cancel the order? I'm like, well, no, just send me what you do have. So, okay. um, yeah, if yeah. you go to squadcast.com, I believe that's they fantastic. have merch there. Oh. Uh, it's, it's really comfortable too. Like it's, I don't know if, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, God, is that awesome? Is that podcast still great? Like, is it still fun? I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll say. I've listened to the first like few, and um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, them as their characters, and this is them as as their the Real actual people, people yeah. f- like twenty thirty years later, thirty sure. years later. So Rudy's like kind of irritating sometimes, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, only because uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely worth a try. It is so similar to Long Walk Short Drink. It just we happened instead of like making the stuff that we made as teenagers, they were in Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so. Awesome. Otherwise, it's pretty similar. Like they, they talk about a lot of similar things, except for they're they're kind of you know in the industry still and uh, do cons and stuff and. I think that Squad Doc, which I think the documentary about Monster Squad and the kind of cult phenomenon that um, Andre uh, Grower, Grower, fuck, <laughs> I can never get their names right. I think I'm calling them by the actor that, <laughs> anyway, I'm oh, yeah. the one that, um, that Sean uh is making uh i think they're still making it i think they're still filming it actually so i I really think they pivoted from the podcast to the documentary at the start of 2018 but there's still a bunch of episodes so if you search squadcast uh you can hear that podcast but which is fun but also you can get like this shirt which rocks so (laughs) our rules stephen (laughs) the shirt rules as does stephen king so uh yeah what's so i know you got the new hardcover right that is oh i do have that i got this uh is this is the newest one his 2018 the outsider i started it it's brutal right from the beginning um i saw him doing the press junket circuit he popped up all over the talk shows 
Um, he, I, I, the more interviews I see with Stephen King now and like later in life, like I, I, I guess it's funny. He has a really bad rivalry with um, Patterson. Yeah. James Patterson. Yeah, I remember you telling me about like, that. Really bad one. Like to the point that James Patterson wrote a mystery called Who Killed Stephen King? And then they decided not to publish it. And I mean, just Stephen King just shits all over him. And so there's this like <laughs> there's this interview with him on uh the Colbert on, on on the Tonight Show with Colbert. Is it Tonight Show or Late Night? Late night with Colbert. Jeez. Yeah. And uh yeah, he just like shits all over James Patterson like out of the blue, and I'm just like, oh man. So it, like every now and then, when I hear Stephen King actually being Stephen King, every now and then he's kind of like Rudy is for for me, where it's just like I'm just like, oh, you're not the Stephen King I want you to be. Like you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, which is exactly what that is. You know, like you know. uh so it's just totally me being me and not anything like he is who he is. So, well, I uh, that's one of the things that I would say about the tape letters that I've been listening to from ten years ago as well. <laughs> just oh, like, really? oh, you're so not the guy I want you to be yeah. in this moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I love the James Patterson stuff. Like that shit's all funny. Um, it's just every now and then he's he, it, and it, I guess it just. Every time I start to feel this way, I'm like, well, he is Stephen King. Like, he just has, it's not arrogance. It's just total confidence because he has proven himself. Like, I I think he's like one of the few authors that gets to like, I, I used to have a hard time when he would give commentary on other authors, just like, like, well, who the fuck is this guy? You know, he's just Stephen King, you know, but then it's like, no, he's he's Stephen King he has a he I think he has some way of saying like there's some kind of clout that comes with his opinion you know what I mean because he is Stephen King well it's not all bad either you know like he's pretty generous with praise at times which I have a Dave's digs that that I want to just come back to put a pin in it just to tease part of it is that like he likes it too oh yeah his his opinion means something right (laughs) yeah i think that's totally it's just if he doesn't he's as much as he praises things that he does likes does like he's really quick to like in a really good stephen king way rip down something that he doesn't like you know what i mean yeah yeah i guess i haven't had to experience that much but that would that probably would bum me out especially if it was something i liked Right. And and, uh, and and I don't I can't even and see and I'm really bad about this. It's just this vibe sometimes when you hear and and I have to remind myself it, it's where he comes off as arrogant. And maybe that's the bat the wrong word for it, but I just but then at the end of the day I'm like he's Stephen fucking King. Like the, that's not <laughs> arrogant. That's not, like, that's confidence in knowing because he has for 40 years yeah. been doing this you know what i'm like <laughs> um so and i think there's something like you know just like anybody that's done anything with moderate success for 40 years they become a quote-unquote authority on that thing you know um and i think that he's reached that point it, i i think if he would have been giving those same kind of if he would have had that same air to him 
in the 80s when his career was like skyrocketing, it would have been totally different. I, 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 it's always this growth with him, which is one of the reasons why I love him. So, uh, yeah, so I, I got oh, go that. Ahead. Sorry. No. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I, I thought I might chime in with my bit only because it actually is him talking. I haven't, haven't heard any yeah, more no, of the word. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, but I did. It occurred to me uh, a few weeks last week. It's been occurring to me and I finally took action that there's a few movies that came out last year that I would really love to see whatever supplementary material exists. Like Twinkie was talking about earlier, you know, it can be so much fun and enrich your appreciation for something to, to get to, ha- you know, see the behind the scenes, hear the commentaries. And I've always been a big, um, proponent of that and i've always been very interested in it so i, I had this list of movies in my head and one of of things from last year or even two years ago like i wanted to hear the commentary i wanted to see extra stuff for get out for it for i don't know some other stuff like <laughs> lady bird i saw a handful of things i wanted so i went to the library and i was able to get get out and it and so i i listened to the um actually there was no commentary but the uh, featurettes were really charming for for the movie. Like one was Pennywise lives, and that showed the the Skarsgård kind of characterization of it, which was really cool. In that, uh, I don't know. I th- obviously it's CG enhanced, but there's a lot right. of stuff physically. So like this weird thing he does with his eye, where it's like off, was something they hoped Whoa, for to creepy. do digitally, but he can do it. Yeah. <laughs> like he physically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, uh, and this weird thing with his mouth. Of each other. No. Yeah, the weird thing with his mouth that like that you see in uh, you know a lot of those sort of. It was like Daniel Radcliffe for uh, Swiss Army Man, how he could like, exactly kill that one eye oh. so that it like just hangs like partially yeah. closed. Yeah, yeah, that's another one I got to find the DVD for. Like Forrest uh, Whitaker. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That that uh, meme you sent the from four twenty, four nineteen, four nineteen, and it's his normal. Eye. That's so bad. And then four twenty is his other eye. Yeah, he's so celebrated though. I don't know. I mean, I it is bad. It. It's wrong. I but I, like literally like everyone. Ghost loves dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the it DVD, I didn't get it or Blu-ray. I didn't get a chance to actually rewatch the movie, and I got to take it back. But I'm gonna buy it. There's another then portrait of the Losers Club, which is like the kids and their environment. Oh, yeah. That was super. Sure. That was really sweet. That's why I used the adjective. Sweet. <laughs> um, and there's some deleted scenes. Those I don't know. There really wasn't too much there. Um, but the one that I just watched last night was called Author of Fear. And it's Stephen King reveals the roots of his best-selling novel, The Nature of Childhood Fear, and how he created his most famous monster. Um, so that was pretty cool, actually. It's yeah. mostly just entirely an interview with him. That's awesome. Talking about it. Some stuff I didn't really know, like that a lot of the, a lot of it came from some of the stories about like the club that, that the African-American club that people get locked in and it burns down. Like that was the black. There were certain, yeah. yeah, there were certain stories like that, that came from him looking into Bangor, Maine, um, where he came from. Uh, wow. and, uh, he's, so he combines some stuff like that, that he heard about the dark underbelly of a town, his, the, like the real town that he lived in with just some stuff he made up. But, uh, yeah, that was all pretty interesting. And, uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. I just watched that last night, actually. That's and it's awesome. not King Corner, but I'll just put a quick plug for the Get Out uh, commentary. It was out of this world great. Like, that really? movie is so dense with, like, you know, subtext and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he unpacks it all, and it's just magnificent. I was oh, oh it was oh. so good, <laughs> so good. I'm gonna have to start. So I've been taking advantage of my library, obviously for audiobooks, but I'm gonna have to start taking advantage of them for supplementary material on DVDs. So, yeah, um, yeah, I enjoyed that. That's awesome. I we bought. Uh, so we had purchased the uh, Blade Runner 2049, which made me the, the, oh yeah the DVDs and. Uh, Twinkie, man, that is that is visually stunning. That yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I um, I feel bad. I fell asleep on it. It, it I, I mean, any movie now it takes me almost two times to go through it. Well, that thing is three hours long. Yeah, and it's super be, dense and like you got to be ready to go. Yeah, you've got to really. It's not going to be an action. You know, it's it's and there's like forty minutes of like those little vignettes before you even get to the movie. So like, if you count those, like that. Yeah. adds all that extra time i loved all those though that was good yeah there that we yeah that's a rabbit hole to go down that's yeah. a good man a lot of good stuff in that movie um the last thing for my king corner i have is i did pick this up oh, and, and, yeah. it, and it's not it's not as great of a find as like it sounds like what you know in that text message i send is like it's a first edition of a reprint like the like this is a they did a new run of Salem's Lot in 2005, and this is like a limited illustrated edition. So this is the first run of that illustrated edition, which I think was a limited. They only did one run, so they're all first edition. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it looked. I mean, it just sounds like a cool thing, and it looks like a cool. Oh book. yeah, and yeah, it's absolutely. and it's a great cover, and like there's awesome. Um, Who does the illustration? I don't, I'm not is sure. It, honestly. It's just like a a third. Yeah, it, well, he doesn't have somebody that does illustrations. They're weird illustrations. Like there's, like, Ooh. they're almost like, oh, yeah. um, what are those called? Like plates, like uh, woodcuts or whatever. Sure. Photographs by uh, Jerry N. Ulsman. Ulsman. U e l s m a n n. They're yeah. photographs, huh? Yeah, photographs. Huh. So That's interesting. So yeah, but I picked that up at a flea market this weekend, and that was a a good find. Which I always feel like this is one of Stephen King's books that I have never given a fair shake. Salem's Lot, like I always feel like I was either like super, I had eaten a bunch of cake when I was going through it, or I just wasn't paying attention. And um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad to have that because now it'll it'll be good for me to go through it and intentionally read it because then I'll for sure burn it in. So that's very cool. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I think it's about time, gentlemen, we've been putting off the inevitable. I think we, we've gone through enough <laughs> bits. Oh, you have a Dave Diggs. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to do your day? Yeah. So have, have either of you heard of this, uh, TV show? It's a BBC America, uh, runs it. It's called killing Eve. That sounds familiar. Uh, I've heard of it. Somebody on Twitter, really like a famous person, really kept pushing it. Can't remember who it was now. Another a writer, one of the one of the movie um, writers that I follow was talking about it. I think. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I've heard good things. Uh, yeah, so the it just finished its first season. Um, oh, it's, it looks like it's on Amazon Prime now. Um, uh, so the, the IMDb synopsis is a security operative hunts for an assassin based on the Villanelle novels by Luke Jennings. I'm terrible at synopsizing things. So I think that's fair enough <laughs> just to say, but so it, the, you basically have a psychopath 
hired killer out there and then um, a security operative hunting for her, kind of obsessed with her, wants to find her. And uh, it's, you know, all British. uh, Well, it's not an all British cast, but it's a largely British uh, set show. And it's uh, stars Sandra Oh. uh, Oh, I just clicked the wrong thing. Jodie Comer as uh, Villanelle. Um, it, uh, it's, it, I don't know what to say about it other than I just fucking love it. Like it's a little offbeat. Like the, there's, there's humor to it in unexpected ways consistently. And the, and the, the, the lead character, the Jody, uh, Comer is so electric to watch. Like she, and she, cause she's like a psychopath and kills without remorse, but she's also kind of funny. I don't know. And I've never liked Sandra O, oh, but Sandra O oh was amazing. Like in Patrick this. Bateman kind of funny. Um, like I kind of funny. I haven't quite seen honestly. Uh, I mean, like uh, like um, American Psycho. That. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I mean, maybe kind of. No, it's it's just a little different. Um, okay. it's weird because the kind of funny she is wouldn't suggest that she doesn't feel things. I guess I don't know. It's um, huh. I just really, really enjoyed it, and uh, who and plays I, that I, main character? What's her name again? Her name is—I might be saying this wrong—but jo- Jody Comer. I've never seen her in anything before. She's, I, I <laughs> she's C O M or incredible. Oh yeah, uh, C O M E R. Um, and so yeah, I guess it's based on a series of books, but um, it was you know it's all new. It was all new to me. I thought it was created. By Phoebe Waller Bridge, who I had also not heard of to this time. Anyway, so I, the, the first season was just uh, unreal, and um, I mentioned how Stephen King can be generous with his praise uh, for things that he likes, and he tweeted about it on May twenty eighth, saying, "Killing Eve: colon, The rare pleasure of watching a cast and crew that gets everything dash every little thing dash absolutely right." Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not a horror show by any means. It's a kind of a thriller, but it, I we laugh a lot. Um, so yeah, that's that's my Dave's Diggs, kind of an unexpected uh, gem for me. For me, and then I'm we gonna... felt then we looked up this uh, another show that that Phoebe Waller Bridge, who's an actress but also a writer and director producer, or writer producer. Sorry, she had also made this show called Fleabag in 2016. That's also on Amazon. And yeah. so the bride and I are only a few episodes into that, but that's fucking awesome too. And has that same, has some of that same offbeat, uh, humor. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, I've just been so delighted by those two things. Um, and I wanted to make sure to say that today because Phoebe Waller bridge is L3 and solo. She's the voice of L3 and solo. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Which I did not know. Like even after the sh- after solo, the bride's like, "Oh yeah, that's this person." I was like, "Who? What?" <laughs> we so, but anyway, so it all kind of ties together. Oh, that is that that does all make it tie together because. Oh, uh, that's nice because I started seeing interviews with the the. She sounds a lot like the actress that plays um. From uh, the actress from game of thrones that plays the oh sure um that plays 
the female stormtrooper's name is yeah i yes the name is because phasma yeah phasma um because they're both of their voices are like coming out of helmets they sounded and and they are british and they they just sounded very similar to me and i'm like me too yeah that's who i thought it was did they see that's who i thought it was and i'm like seriously like they have her doing the voice like how are they gonna make justify that and then i then I started seeing interviews with her, and I'm like, "Oh, well, that's not her. That's a totally different woman." Um, yeah, which, well, we'll get silver so teasing. We're getting there. We're getting there. Long walk, short drinkers. It is a long walk. I'll do a quick Palmer's <laughs> pleasure because I. Wanted, oh yes, please. I, I wanted to do this. Uh, I I can't for some reason. It has switched over. It won't let me broadcast the audio anymore like it used to. I have to play with that. Like I was just telling Twinkie, we have to come together. Uh, we'll have to. Oh, recording devices. I bet that's where it is. Stereo mix. That's it. Okay. Uh, I might be able to. I might be actually able to play this. Let me try to try that. So my uh, Palmer's pleasure is a song because this song came out and it has Young in the title. But that's not why it sounds like a Neil Young song to me. And I want to get your guys' opinion to tell me if this sounds like a Neil Young song to you. Um, it's by... Uh, are you familiar with the... Have you heard of the band Portugal the Man? <clears throat> I have no. not. <laughs> they're a new... They're like an indie um, alternative band. Paste uh, and go. Portugal the man Portugal the man I'm going to try to let me try to play this so that way we don't have to I guess this would be it oh yeah so young just begun don't need to live to know what I'll become when you wake up, still in your makeup. You make it home just fine without breaking. It's so Stay calm, we'll all just get along. Sit around, pretending like nothing's wrong. So long, love letter, but you and I. All right, so that's all I'm going to play because that's probably enough to get us get this episode deleted, anyways. Uh, <laughs> That totally sounds like Neil Young. Doesn't it like, sound like Neil Young? That. But like a new modern like take on Neil yep. Young. Um, God, is it so good? Just so good. Um, I I love summertime, and I love indie alt, and I love when those two things come together. Indie alt is so great this time of year for some reason. It's like they just put out all their best shit at the summer. <laughs> I love it. Um, Saving so, it up. Yeah. And so that's uh, that's a new one that's playing around right now. And uh, I, every time it comes on, I'm just like, this is this is Neil Young. This is totally Neil Young. Um, 
I'm so that's so vindicating that you guys heard Neil Young in that too. Oh yeah, tons. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, like that's that's all you can hear, right? Like, like yeah. You, like, oh man, the guy and other Portugal the man songs don't sound like that. That's another reason why I love uh, in the alt a lot is because they're really they don't try to stick to one sound. They just try to like pay homages to all the people they like. So this song sounds like Neil Young. The next song sounds like, uh, oh, that's the other Palmer's pleasure. Uh, Cause I listen to alt nation on Sirius XM. Uh, that's where I hear all this like great new alt alternative music. Uh, right now though, they have two great channels because it's summer. They have a beach boys channel, which is all beach boys, uh, which is awesome. They also have a U2 channel now. Yes, sir. Oh, which is I have a just, trial because I got a new car and it just started, oh, and uh, that's yeah. been hard nice. to resist. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It, like, I, I mean, because now there's a there's a Pearl Jam. Yeah, there that is, was twenty two. Yeah, there's a Pearl Jam. There's a Tom Petty. There is a um, uh, a Boss Channel. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that for a second. You two. Um, man, just all these awesome, all awesome, 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 and that's just like rock. There's uh, Eminem's got a channel. I think there's a couple other really like cool hip hop channels where the hosts on there. Uh, man, yeah, I I really I hate dealing with Sirius XM. Absolutely despise it. They're the worst customer service on the planet. Oh really? <laughs> no. um, We're just considering the bride and I just today because she went on this trip or like she had to travel for work and she was listening to you too. She's she's like, man, that's kind of a that's pretty cool. I was like, do you want do you want to you know maybe look into getting it? She's like, I don't know. First time ever we've had that discussion, and now yeah. I'm hearing like it's awful. No, so I I'll give you some advice. They they're always going to upsell you. They're always going to try to upsell you, and they're going to do shady stuff with your account. So you have to call in there and you have to just be forceful and you have to, and here's the thing. They will always cut the price. They'll always cut the price. So even if they're not running the special, you say, I want the hundred dollars for the year and they have a $99 for the year special. And then you say, I want invoice billing so they don't automatically renew after the year, because if they renew, they'll renew at the $250 price, like the normal price. Because every year I call back and I fight with them and I get the $99 price every year. Like, (laughs) So I want invoice billing. What was the other thing? Invoice billing. You want $99 a year. And um, because that's a special advertised. Yeah. um, You can also add if you want to do the app, you can add that on at the. um, But that's here and there. Oh, I, that that is a little bit of a stumbling block. The idea that I have to listen to it in my car, like U two is about yeah. to do this Apollo show next Monday. That it's going to be a totally different type of show than they normally do. Which I saw them on tour, by the way. Um, oh yeah, if you can catch it, it's great. But this whole innocence experience thing that they did. So the last album was called Songs of Innocence. The most recent one, Songs of Experience, both truly fantastic albums. Like. I don't know any yeah. other band at this stage in their career doing this kind of like emotionally powerful, relevant work. It's on outstanding. Um, if you can't catch the experience tour live, get the Paris Blu-ray 
uh, for Songs of Innocence. It's like one of the best things they have ever done. Like wow. we got, we saw that tour twice, but we watched the the Blu-ray in advance of the continuation of it. I can't believe how good it is. That's awesome. Anyway, so but the yeah, so they're doing they're in the midst of that tour, but they're doing the show at the Apollo on Monday that'll be broadcast on Sirius, and that's there's a contest running for Sirius listeners, and I happen to have this free trial. But it's like I'm I'm like what? so okay, I have to be in my car <laughs> to listen so to the this app is one, I really enjoyed having the app when I was at work because I could listen to I could listen on through my web browser, like through my yeah. work computer. Or I could listen through my phone. But then it starts to get to the point where you're like, okay, then why do I have the car subscription? Because I could use my Bluetooth to just stream the app mm. over my car. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, it, you're, it is nice to have to just like carry it around and about. And I, I tell you what, like I, I'm not saying anything against like local radio. I think it is a great industry, but I tell you what, you get spoiled on like the music channels. I like, Alt Nation is, I get, because I, I would much rather listen to new good music, not new pop, just new good mu- like music that I like. And Alt Nation has, it just fits that groove for me. It just, it feeds me really new music that's not, that I'll listen to, like all, there's so many songs where I've listened to on Alt Nation and then like, I sw- and this is no exaggeration, like a year or a year and a half later, that song will blow up and I'll be like, I are you kidding me? Like I heard that song a year ago on Alt Nation. They were playing that, you know, and it's just Way down. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just oh, like that. Oh, oh, all that. Yeah. that was everywhere, like a few months after you hit me to it. Yeah. See? So uh that's a great example. But um Another good example of Palmer hipping people to music. Remember, so we talked about the PLMR podcast, but in the 2006 February, February, late February 2006 was the tape letter I was listening to today, and I said I was about to listen to Volume Two of your your mix WPLMR mix CD. Oh yeah! So I had we got a timeline on that. Palmer's been turning uh turning me onto music since two thousand probably earlier, but in a, in, a, in a concerted effort <laughs> since uh, two thousand five. <laughs> yeah, two thousand five, two thousand six. Because yeah, the first one. Well, no, I guess it would. The first one would have come out in two thousand six too. Yeah, because I, I talked about that on one of the other tapes. Yeah. Like how excited I was about it. Man, yeah. So, what do you, uh, Twinkie? I know you, you you like music, but don't get a chance to talk about it much. What have you been listening to? Well, I, I kind of I tease it on Twitter a little bit. You know, I. <laughs> It's just I get into these things where, well, you guys know you just you, you get. I get in a I don't know a mood or just uh, uh, I just kind of go down rabbit holes and I've been listening to '90s Willie Nelson. Awesome! <laughs> wow, that's so yeah. spectacular. But I'll tell you why. So uh, he th- there's an album that I bought of Willie Nelson's in '98. Uh, called Teatro, and it's on Island Records, right? And it's yeah, produced label, right? And it's produced by uh, who's the really famous producer that I'm blanking out right now? Brian Eno. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you one of you two's most yeah, frequent it's, collaborators. It's Eno, and then someone. But anyway, I I remember listening to that and just like I, I wonder. Uh, oh, Lenoir, that's who it is. It's produced oh, by yeah. Lenoir. That's the other part of that Batman Robin duo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Lenoir did it, and it's it's kind of bare bones, Willie Nelson and his guitar, and he 
Um, Emmy Lou Harris does some back work, like some work for it. Um, but it's like uh, Willie plays a, a really old Spanish guitar um, and has uh, this group of people that I always plays with his sister, Bobby, um, like just the same old, same. I've been playing music with these people forever, literally ever since the beginning of time. It yeah. feels like sometimes when you're listening to that group, just how well they play together. And, um, and he has another album that was released in 96 called spirit. And I was like, I've, I don't know if I, I've never listened to that one before, but I'm pretty sure that's the same, um, same label. And it is Island. Now it's not Lenoir. I think it was someone else. If I could pull it up right now. Have, have you ever heard, uh, are you familiar with his, his, uh, he sings a U2 song that I think was only ever released as a B side with him singing, but it's called slow dancing yeah. from 97. Yeah. 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 I think it's actually right released on one of his greatest hits. I think he released Oh, really? It. Yeah. I think yeah. In 2003, I just looked that up, but it initially yeah. appeared on the, if God will send that his angels. Cab- that was a cabin song. Like we played yeah. that song. Sure. I used to love to sing that song. But um, I obviously didn't sound like Willie Nelson. <laughs> I can remember you talking about this album in '98, like probably '99. Yeah. So this album is it's it speaks to me. So I started listening to this album called Spirit, which is '96, just two years before, still on Island Records, but it it just didn't. I don't think I was exploring music even two years before like I was in '98. You know, as I just got older and had been exposed to more like U2 stuff and Dylan, and then I'd started to reach out with um, stars that I was familiar with, like Willie Nelson, or because or, I had listened to a lot of country music, but it wasn't country, you know, it was them. I mean, I, I shouldn't say it. Willie Nelson put out a jazz standards album in the 80s. Like, you know, he, he had no, no interest in being pigeonholed. Or, or anything right. and, and he could obviously do whatever he wanted to do and in fact like two years ago he put out uh, a album of broadway hits <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> willie nelson just does whatever the fuck he wants which right right he's like a thousand years old so whatever but anyway this album called spirit and i've had it on repeat on my phone just on amazon music i, I use um, and it is just um as close to probably a concept album as you would ever have seen in 96. Wow. It is um, beautiful. It's We're majestic. Writing that down, writing that it's, down right there. It, it's definitely an album where for me, I can, um, it's relaxing and it's just heartbreaking at the same time. I don't know what else to, um, the, there's a track on it called your memory won't die in my grave and it's almost like a funeral dirge and it is po- it is just it's uh frighteningly sad but just haunting so i've been i've been doing this i've been listening to that album non-stop for the, like the past two days even a little bit before then but i can't get it out of my head i am uh i'm just enwrapped in it i don't know how else to say it it's like i'm I it's all it's just seduced me. <laughs> it's, it has seduced me. Like I don't know what else to say. So I don't I know. If love I love albums like that. I love <laughs> it when albums do that, where it's just like I just need to listen to this as much as possible. Yeah, and and I uh, I don't remember it getting any sort of praise. Um, I don't know what, what he did after it or before it. I mean, as far as 
if it if he like did a see kind of a like he'll do an album and then another album maybe f- a decade later that kind of seems like a sister album to that you know it yeah um so i still have a little bit of digging to do but uh yeah i mean that i um i've been listening to some yo-yo ma recently but oh, cool. i don't know <laughs> i uh then then i'll i'll get in the car and be like i would really like some buck owens you know and you get this like bakersfield telecaster uh just really like uh i guess you'd call it like rockabilly stuff yeah so, yeah um like you i don't necessarily listen to the radio currently uh, not not i don't i don't mean it to be like snooty or, or like the kids these days there there's really right. talented people one of my favorite artists right now is a pop musician janelle monet she's had an album come out called dirty and just in i mean fierce yeah. incredible and uh i would i would love to just talk to her interview her and talk to her and what like being like a black uh queer woman in this community and then just like giving it to people yeah uh, with her music um so what's i, I do her, what's her album called uh i believe it's called uh let's see it's dirty music dirty computer dirty computer is what it's called okay um cool and janelle monet is her name she She's is the one that wears like the pompadours and the yeah i think the right person she had, yeah. a, she had an her first album was called arch android and it, it's masterful as well i would highly recommend that um but yeah, so that's kind of this is all music to build a CNC machine to. Yeah, yeah, you should, it's a weird. Music factory. Uh, <laughs> CNC music factory. That's all I think of every time you say that. Come on, let's fight, baby. Oh my god. You drive to. Um, Red Rocks to see Willie Nelson yeah. in 1999. Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson. Who else was there? Well, there was a couple of their bands. I can't remember, but yeah, I Willie mean, Nelson. for a kid from Ritman at the time, that was a big deal. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would, <laughs> that you did yeah, that. I would really like to see him again. That's when I saw Crams and or no, no, Crams wasn't out there at the time. I just saw another friend uh, who well, won't say names, but yeah, I uh, went and saw them. They were in Wyoming and then drove down to. Drove down to Denver, and here I am. Yeah, 20, <laughs> yeah, never left. <laughs> Twenty years later, I probably would have been better off if I would have stayed here in some ways. But it's, nah. it's another different story for a different day. But yeah, I um, Willie Nelson, national treasure by far. I you know obviously his popularity has faded, as you know, he had his heyday. But man, oh man, good stuff. I was like Stable. when I find those things, you know, when that can captivate me. Yeah, and I, I never know what they are too, which is nice. Yeah, I love I love just what I love stumbling upon an album, and 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 it can happen just as easily with an album that you've listened to a hundred times. Yeah, as a brand new one, but I love stumbling upon an album that just happens to it just speaks to you at that moment in your life. And you're right. just like, this is all I can listen to right now. Like any chance I can get, like, and you want other people to hear it and you want them to experience this. Like, do you hear what that saying right there? Like, do you get that? And just, I right. love, 
when when those times when your life and music just like sync up like that and you're given like a good album or a good like even a good song you know just a good song where you're just like i just want to play this as much as i possibly can uh yeah i think just having life experience is not you know it you can see what maybe a writer might have been talking about a little bit after you have some life experiences yeah. you know it's one thing to be 16 in Ritman, Ohio, and listen to Bob Dylan. And it's another thing to be, you know, 45 and have experienced some, some stuff. Oh, and then sure. you listen to Bob Dylan. And then it's a different thing to be a 35 year old, you know, black person in Alabama in 2018 and listen to Bob Dylan and probably right. hear a completely different perspective. So absolutely. And I think that's true. But I think that's the great thing about music yeah. is, it all has an opportunity to speak to somebody at some, you know, at that moment in, in in their life. And, and when you do stumble upon it like that, whether you're a 16 year old kid in Ritman, Ohio, or a black man in 2018 in Alabama, it, when, when the, the music lines up with you and you, and it's like finding a good friend or a soulmate for that period that it means something, you know, and then, um, I can think of uh, Yield really defined like my early 20s, uh, the Pearl Jam album Yield, and then um, this, uh, A Grand Don't Come for Free by The Streets. That one, like right around my divorce, uh, really meant a lot to me. I just listened to that one over and over and over and over again. And uh, yeah, when you just like when that happens, it's awesome. Totally awesome. So. Yeah. And it is great when when you go back to those ones uh, and and refine uh, them. I love that too. So speaking of that, I I haven't been listening to much music recently. Well, you too. I've, I've been down a bit of a U two uh, thing, but I won't get into that because I just wanted to mention. Yeah, I wanted to mention quickly that uh, the brides. I mean, this article that came out earlier in May, uh, where somebody wrote about something that I think has been posted for a while, but they're. The YouTube videos um, that that are published by several different people. I don't know how these tracks got out there, but they're they're synced to live concert uh, footage. But they're just the vocals from Eddie Vedder singing the songs off of Ten Pearl Jam's debut. Oh, album. gotcha. So gotcha. she sent me that a couple days ago, and it sent me down a little Ten rabbit hole, which was fun. <laughs> sure. Yeah, oh, man, that's awesome. a good, such a good album. That's an easy one to yeah to fall down. <laughs> yeah. Very cool to just hear those vocal tracks isolated as well. I mean, that was a. Did a every very... one of those songs get released as a single? I feel like they, no. <laughs> I feel like they did though. Like because every song on that, you're like, yep, yep. Like you could sing along to every song on there. It's just crazy. There are four singles because I busted the singles out. <laughs> the singles are uh, "Alive," that even flow, Jeremy, which is when you know everything hit 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 hard. And then Oceans. And then uh, the story is that Eddie Vedder fought hard and succeeded to not have Black released as a single. Oh, but really? Radio, but Radio played it a lot. Yeah. But that is four singles off an 11-song album, so that's, that's a lot of tunes. Uh, Double D has rejoined us back on the chat. He dropped a couple in here, and he's asking about our what were our first albums. Uh, I, I think I've said it before on the show. My first album's kind of funny. Uh, the first, like... 
it was also the first CD I owned, but it was Rod Stewart Unplugged. Um, That's right. That's awesome. Which was, uh, but I, I probably the first album that really like spoke to me. I could listen to the album from start to finish and just like it probably, he, he said, was it Tom Petty? Uh, Tom Petty's greatest hits that was released in the mid nineties there that had like Mary Jane's last dance. I mean, it had all their best hits on it that I, that album really did mean a lot. And then wildflowers after that, those were two big ones that really, yeah, that I could listen to over and over and over again. I had other albums from that time period, but definitely that Tom Petty's greatest hits was, man, did I burn that up? love that thing what about you guys what was the first album you can remember where you were like this speaks to me man i'm trying i was trying to think while you were talking to see if i come up with something i mean i think like the first album i remember buying with my own money that i was not regretful about (laughs) uh was probably the the eagles greatest hits the one that sold like 500 million copies oh yeah Uh, um Hell freezes over that one. Uh, it was just the one with like the the uh, skull on the front of it. I don't think it was hell freezes over because that was like one of their reunion things. Yeah, but yeah, I because so, so the Eagles thing sent me down a road, which I I really I'm glad. So the Eagles, of course, were um this California country rock song, and then or sound. They worked with Chris Hillman, who was of the Birds, who also worked with a group called the Flying Burrito Brothers. Um, and so you get onto this old like California sound, this California rock, rockabilly, and, uh, which then kicked me around. You get to like some of the, the Merle Haggards and the Buck Owens, kind of bringing them all together. And I don't know, the, the Eagles sent me down a path, I guess, of musical exploration for which is I've enjoyed. So. That worked out okay. Awesome. We got to get you talking more about music. I I, I like this Twinkie talking about music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Two Dave? albums. I'm excited to. Um, I remember my first like album that I procured, and what uh actually it was a single. It was the We Are the World 45. <laughs> awesome. I remember being in the store getting that with my my dad. I think. Um. That's the only for uh, and my first CD. I'm seeing some of the chats from the guys because uh, I think uh, Moda was asking, "Are we talking cassette tapes or CDs?" Yeah. <laughs> um, I f- I'm not sure about my first cassette tape. Um, my first CD though was Ace of Base. <laughs> oh yeah, nice, <laughs> fantastic <Uh-oh>. CD. <laughs> What's it? I can't remember what it's called, but they're you know they're a big album from 1993 or four. Wasn't it, called the sign? Wasn't it called The Sign? Yes, it was called, called the, the Sign. sign. Yes. Okay. Sign. Speaking sign. of an album whose every song was a oh, single. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. So uh, Moto says, not that I had too many tapes. First CD was uh, Stone Temple Pilots Purple. I yeah. Yeah. Rub it in, Moto. Yeah. Just because you're a couple years younger doesn't mean you throw it in our face. Yeah, all that cool <laughs> shit. Jeez. What about Double D? Double Fred. D, What? what about you? It's gonna take three. It's gonna take thirty seconds for that to get broadcast out for him to hear it, and then yeah. thirty for him to type it. Well, that's I'm good. having trouble remembering the first one that like meant something to me, though. In terms of, yeah. I got I was I was big into Buddy Holly when I saw the Buddy Holly story in La Bamba, but 
I was too. I, I was like nine or ten, so well, it didn't. But and I and I liked music, but I didn't understand how much music could, like, music didn't become a soundtrack to my life until the cabin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, music was just one of these things that, like, I I went through the longest time where I loved all the like. The, the hits from the 50s and 60s, you know, like um, Jerry Lee Lewis and like all that kind of stuff, like Great Balls of Fire, all that stuff, you know, those were all like my favorite because that's just what my mom listened to. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't until like I got to the cabin and like Jackson talking about experiencing music and like <laughs> performing music with a group of people that all like to perform music and just all like that's that was really where I started to realize like, oh, my gosh, like this is. Um, is is it uh, Cameron Crow talks about you know because like he he is it Cameron Crow or is that his name? The guy yeah, the director, director? Almost famous. And the yeah, music yeah, yeah. writer. Yeah, you know, like he pays so much attention because he has always had a finger on like music being the soundtrack of a, of your life, you know, and and that's why his movies, the music is so powerful in his movies, and. uh yeah, it really was not until the cabin that that really that I really understood that as a concept. So we got a couple of chime in from the guys. Uh, Double D says Aerosmith, big ones. <laughs> That's That's nice. nice, awesome. The, Probably is that the, the one first with the, like two trucks humping. Is that what's, is what is that one? Uh, that sounds Aerosmith like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Moto says. Um, uh, Tweaky, my first cassettes, Bodyguard, the soundtrack. Oh, Tony I Braxton see. Oh, he just, didn't wanna, he just didn't want to talk about it. He didn't. He, no, it was no shame, that. Moto. I think I was trying to think. I think my first cassette was a, a country music guy. Uh, see, I was trying to Clay uh, Clay Walker. I think you know. So I I remember that name from yeah. the midnight early nineties. Yeah, yeah. So I think that. No shame in that, Moto. Bodyguard. Tell you just well, that. I love that album yeah. also. I think he probably saying. had to get his own because I would not let him borrow mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pump. Oh, yeah. Pump is the name of that Aerosmith album with the two trucks humping. Oh, that makes oh. more sense. <laughs> Do you remember when Pump's lost his ass? Do you guys remember that? When, when we stripped oh, yeah, Pump's the cabin right. of his ass? <laughs> like a penalty? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Oh. I wish I could remember the like so for me like I remember the Buddy Holly stuff and La Bamba but I think after that the next thing to actually truly get me excited about music was I was I was excited by the movie Pump Up the Volume and I was making imitative tapes in my bedroom as a middle school middle schooler and you know that was a radio show he was playing cool stuff in the movie like Leonard Cohen Pixies and stuff and I so I <laughs> I just raided my dad's tape, th- you know, thing in the closet, and what I found, just as filler, I guess, was Stevie Ray Vaughan and Eric Clapton albums. So, I think that I, I really got into that, uh, and and then shortly, right around that time, shortly thereafter, Clapton had his big Tears in Heaven and Unplugged uh, resurgence. So I had a big Clapton thing for a while, and then I think it was. Um, it felt like all at once, like Pearl Jam, Nine Inch Nails, U2, and like Joy Division. So it was like all, and, and a lot of that, like Pearl Jam hit because uh, for me, seeing the Unplugged, uh, 
But a little few years later, like 94-ish, and then the Crow soundtrack uh, got me into like Nine Inch Nails and uh, Joy Division and stuff. And then the Cabin was responsible for you too. J- Jacko and Crams uh, were into it because of Columbia House. <laughs> Is that and what I, it was? They could just get a bunch of CDs for a, a buck? bit. I th- I think that was I'm not sure what interested them in it, uh, but I basically thought I I don't know I sort of thought that they should they should be into Rattle and Hum <laughs> because there was a concert video of the oh, band right. they liked. Okay, yeah. I didn't even like them myself yet, but I got the video VHS from Record Exchange, and I copied the audio of it onto cassettes to give to them. And in doing that, sort of fell in love with the music myself. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you got yeah. got. Yeah. I got got big time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. I got to take a pee break. You ready for a pee break? <laughs> yes, sir. First cassette from, from Double D had to be Oak Ridge Boys. Fancy free. <laughs> nice. I'm done uh, talking about Get some of that old school. Yeah. Moto <laughs> talked about. Oh, he talked about his. I had MC Hammer's "Too Legit to Quit" on cassette. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Jack and I used to listen to MC Hammer's first album and draw Bart Simpson <laughs> when we were very young. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome! Yeah. All right, yeah. let's take. So a- when we come back. We're going to talk about Solo, but maybe even Avengers, Infinity War. Oh, yeah. We could summer talk about, movies I mean, we could wrap both of those together in the I'm excited about. I'm excited about Solo, that's for sure. I've, I've got, I really oh, want to hear what you guys have to say yeah, about that. Oh, man, there's stuff good stuff it. about Solo. Uh, I will say I think I have some controversial things to say, but you'll have to come back to hear them. Oh, Ooh, so yeah. our whole four listeners don't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> don't fucking dog off. <laughs> we'll be back. We're just going to pee. Probably eat a little piece of cake, refresh our beers, and then we'll be back here. So let's everybody. My family tells stories about me dancing as a baby to Elvira. Really? Yeah. Say more about that. Well, I'm just like, I just, as a baby, I really like that song, Elvira. Elvira. Is that how it goes? Yeah. I was telling Double D, it's funny because I I will say something and then he'll respond in the chat. (laughs) But uh, I wasn't familiar with that song and it came on the radio and the bride was like, you don't know that song? And and she was starting to sing along, but I, it somehow escaped me. Oh yeah, well, and and ironically, my favorite. Well, <clears throat> I had a Palmer's pleasure lined up for last episode with Crams, so uh, they did a revival of Elvira. So you had Frank and Drac. Yeah, Elvira had a late night show. Oh, the. Yes, that Elvira. Yeah, that <laughs> Elvira. Like had a late night show. Like and um it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's like Elvira's 13 Nights of Terror where she does like B horror movies from the 90s. So like sh- there's a Puppet Master episode and there's um what was the first one? 
the first episode that I watched. Like all these awesome, really, really low string horror movies that she hosts. It's almost like pop up video, but instead of like little blurbs coming where it's just a bubble, it's like she'll pop up with her like boobs hanging out and she'll say something <laughs> oh. about the movie and then like I mean not like actually hanging out, but you know you know how oh, yeah, it is like yeah. with the cleavage. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's pretty good. <laughs> and it also has like two really popular pinball machines that are like, um, which one of them happens to be like my unicorn machine, like that I can't. When I stumble upon it and I finally get to buy it, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but that was my Palmer's pleasure for the last episode that I didn't get to get to. They have this revival of the Elvira's late night show. It's all the same kind of format. Really campy, really cheesy. She hosts it like it cuts back to her a couple times. And then interspersed with that is this move like these really cheesy, bad horror movies. It's I totally recommend it. It's that awesome. sounds like a lot of fun. I've never seen Puppet Master, but I'm curious about that oh, franchise. So that'd be a fun way. Like in. one of my favorites when I was a kid. Like I loved all of those like. Every one of the puppet masters, like I was like, I was like 11 and could give you like, I could have an actual like, like debate about the puppet master series and like where it went wrong. <laughs> like I couldn't do that now, That's awesome. but I could then like, I could tell you like where it was like, which one was good and where it jumped the shark. And I didn't even know what that term was, of course, but sure. like. Uh, but did yeah. it go to space? <laughs> That's usually a bad sign. I think they did do a puppet masters in space, but they jumped the shark way before that. They fight Nazis in one of them, and yeah, gets outrageous. That's fantastic. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to mention. I don't really need to talk about it because this is not a good movie. But I mentioned this mostly for Moto while we're technically still in the break. Um, on Amazon, I saw a tweet from Michael Dudikoff. Right. From Don the Dragon Wilson to Michael Dudikoff about this movie that they're both in. So I'm like, I got to see this because <laughs> he's like, you're amazing in this. Or I had to leave the premiere early. So there's a movie you can watch on Amazon Prime called Theory of the Fist and the Golden Fleece. In the short synopsis, is the biggest porn star of the 1970s must reclaim his mojo in the 80s by saving all male kind, fighting his way to the heart of, conspir- of a conspiracy to sell meat pumped full of estrogen to emasculate men <laughs> okay oh my gosh <laughs> it is a profoundly purposefully cheesy movie it's honestly bad <laughs> i can't recommend it for any merit other than the cast which is as follows danny trejo jason and jeremy london as like these weird twins um Bianca Van Dam, which is Jean-Claude Van Damme's unbelievably gorgeous daughter, <laughs> who can do the helicopter kick. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> really well, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Bill Goldberg, Richard Grieco, <laughs> Tommy Tiny Lester, uh, <laughs> Cynthia Rothrock, who is like a, she was a female version of like a Van Damme back in the day. Michael Dudikoff as the super boss. So he's basically in Heath Ledger Joker makeup and affect for some reason. (laughs) It's crazy. Uh, Michael Winslow. (laughs) Ernie Reyes Jr. This is, like I said, a lot of this is from Moto. Um, Oh, no, that's Carl Winslow. I was like, the guy from Family Matters? No, 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 like uh, Fleece Academy. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, 
Tommy Davidson from uh, In Living Color, Chuck Zito, the kind of, and here's the oh, Don the Dragon Wilson as like a a, a a kung fu master. I'm looking to make sure there aren't any other glaring, and uh, the coup de gras for me because I wasn't expecting this. I was ready for the the Dudikoff, though not ready for Dudikoff's performance, which was pretty fun. Uh, Tamiak as the dragon, as in the last dragon, as in the Tamiak from the last dragon, looking amazing, <laughs> fucking kicking ass. <laughs> so terrible movie, amazing cast. There you go. <laughs> and, and aside, complete aside, I'll cut that out. <laughs> that's oh, for Moto. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so let's get let's talk some actual uh, contemporary summer blockbusters. Yeah. Or do we just want to talk solo? Do we want to do a little let's, Infinity let's War? Let's jump or? into solo, and if we get right. if we get to Infinity War, we'll get to it. All right. I I mean, Once. again, as much as I know, I'm I will always be entertained. I shouldn't say always. I have always been entertained by every Marvel movie that I've seen in the theater. But even with Infinity War, eh, maybe that's not 100% true. I mostly knew what I was going to get with Infinity War. I was not prepared for that ending. That bummed me the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. I was oh. I didn't know to I didn't read anything oh. about it. I didn't read comic did books. About I've never read comic books about the Avengers. You know, I've never been like a, I was never a comic book person. And so all of these are all new to me. In fact, when my coworkers talk, I say, Don't I don't want to know anything. Like, this is great. This is the best part. Like, I don't know anything that's gonna happen. And you know, they get some of them get frustrated because it's not the way they think it should be or whatever. Yeah. But you know, I've I've here's what I realized as a thirty eight year old, nobody's making movies for me anymore. You know, they're they're aiming for a different audience. I'm not George the Miller is. audience. <laughs> well, yeah. He knows. He wants me in my underwear on the couch watching <laughs> the Mad Max. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, these movies aren't made for me. And that's okay. Like I'm not that doesn't that's okay. I'm 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 fine with that. <clears throat> you know, they movies are made for a different audience. You know what um, else I'm fine with? I'm also fine with those smashing blockbuster Marvel movies funding small dark really intimate star wars films that's what i'm okay with yeah sure oh, i um, never thought of it like that I, yeah yeah i take i take more of that um i i it just it, i just live in a world where i get all of these movies and whether they're yeah. the way that i want them to be or not i still enjoy like palmer said i enjoy most of them you know i it's i Wow, what a terrible place to be, you know, where I get all these this great content and some of it doesn't meet my expectations. Well, we'll try again next year. Great. Um for the most part, though, the the acting is wonderful, the effects are great. I mean, the cast is lovable. I mean, I it's an enjoyable movie. You know, we went and saw it, I went and saw it with some uh co-workers in IMAX because it was the first movie that's been completely filmed in IMAX. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so we went and saw it in IMAX and, you know, from a technical side of things, that was really cool. But I've seen very few IMAX movies. I think, actually, the only one might have been uh, the second Avengers movie, possibly, Age of Ultron, I think. Oh, okay. It's the only IMAX movie I've still seen to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. I don't remember much about Infinity War. <laughs> now that I think about it, I, I kind of 
Yeah, I don't remember them. It felt a lot like a setup movie to me, but I d- it was so weird to leave one of those movies feeling like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like on a downbeat like that. Oh, no, it it totally... That was the one thing that I said when I was like, I knew exactly what I was going to expect. It caught me totally off guard where they had just... They erratic... They gutted their whole universe, basically. Ugh. When I wondered how much of that, because I've heard that they were going to scale back certain, that they were going to kind of reorganize and refocus like what the Avengers would be, but they killed way too many. Right. Like Black Panther is not gone. And, right. You know, like that kind of yeah, stuff. Like, but Bride pointed that oh, out to me. He, he and Spider-Man, like he ha- his sequel yeah. hasn't even come out yet. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. which it is getting ready to come out. And I heard that it takes place before age of or infinity war happens like in the in the time oh, cool. so uh like so you still don't know but it's like come on you're not going to kill off like half your universe there's just yeah you could see if like it's time for robert downey jr to go or you know yeah he's yeah. making yeah. so much money or chris evans who is cashing in big time and some of those like a-list actors um you know where it might be time to move on and they don't come back but yeah i Black Panther two. Black Panther made a billion dollars. Black yeah. Panther two is coming. Like exactly. <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't mean to to break the fourth wall there, but there is. Some, <laughs> there's some money, and they're gonna get that money. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and again, uh, well, in the, when I said like I'm okay with Marvel movies funding these little intimate Star Wars movies, um. Oh man! Oh, buddy. <laughs> Good sir. Double D. Gentlemen, how's it going? Oh my gosh, it's fantastic, buddy. How you doing? Loving life. Double oh. D, nice to see you again. Twinkie, pleasure's all mine. Yeah. So let's talk solo. I think that's where we're going, right? Solo, yes. Okay. We were we were landing the plane to finally get we were wrapping up talking about um uh Infinity War. Did you see that? I haven't seen that yet. No, oh, okay. So back on that. Oh geez. Man, fantastic. It uh yeah, spoiler. You missed all the spoilers, so that's good. So we can totally we can totally move to solo. Now, Twinkie, you've already started a little to be a yeah. little inflammatory. Yeah. So you know, I'll just say it. You talk, about your, talk about your timeline first. I want to hear talk, I want to hear more about your timeline comment. Oh, a time oh, about solo? Yeah, with Solo and Rogue One, and because you said they took liberties with the timeline. Oh no, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, they made those just like you're talking about having the the cabin kids record them and release them whenever. Well, you that's what you can do with Rogue One or any of the other legacy movies. You can make them anywhere. Oh yeah, you, because th- you don't have to say Star Wars Episode Ten or whatever. Right, 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 right. Um, I hear you. But no, here's my thing. So this is coming from someone who. Is a a lover of of episode uh, eight. I enjoy Ryan Johnson. I I really it, all of it was great in episode eight. <clears throat> but I will say that I like Solo more than I liked more than I liked Last Jedi. Whoa! Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said after the movie, like on the way home. Sorry to hop in on this, no, but I, I felt that way too. I loved it so much. When it was over, I looked over it and the bride was like, immediately she's like, that was half of a good movie. And I just like s- got as far away from her as I could in yeah. my chair <laughs> like, yeah. to, and protest. 
And on the way home, she, I, I did ask her, like, you know, you know, what she felt about it and stuff. But I said, like, I think I like that movie as much as, say, The Force Awakens. Like, I, I just loved it. I like enjoyed the shit out of it, and I didn't really think about it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I yeah. think I'm on board with that in terms of just like pure Again, enjoyment. Yeah, this is just pure like spectacle of watching a Star Wars movie and feeling like I felt when I watched episode yes. four. Yes. Where it's just um, uh, just from a pure enjoyment standpoint. Now, I think obviously the Legacy series have a lot more depth and they're trying to do a lot of different things there. And so they're they're a little bit tied up in some of those storylines that they have to t- take care of and how they have to answer them. So it feels a little restrictive. We're here they can explore and do all of these other things without feeling kind of hamstrung by this arc that they're trying to cover, which is why I like these movies, why I liked Rogue One and why I like this, where they can be unpredictable and they can yep. uh, do a heist movie in a Star Wars universe and they can, the next one's going to be, uh, you know, who knows what. In, yeah. the Star, in the Star Wars universe, but and that I mean, mind blown, right? There. Like, I don't know why I hadn't picked up on. That's exactly what this was. It was a, it was like Ocean's Eleven in Star yeah, Wars. Like, right. that's totally what this was. Double D, what do you think? Oh, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> no, that's. I would say that um, I, I found it enjoyable. I'm not to the. I don't think I'm to the level that uh, it sounds like some of you guys um, experienced there. Um, it was, it was fun. It was ex- it was engaging. I thought there was. It's weird. It's gonna sound weird, maybe, but I think there was too many humans involved. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, when I think Star sense. Wars, I like to think of like you know the little Jawas, and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought they might like that. And, the person uh, he's never met. <laughs> I'm gonna send you that audio clip so oh, you can appreciate where that comes from. Thank you. <laughs> um, but you know, there's they had the floating head in the you know in the top level of the um, of the yacht or whatever yep. of the. Of the yep. Um, but that was like that's it. <laughs> like everybody else was like humans and running around. Um, I guess the uh, the the copilot or the pilot for the ship um, was a Anubian or something like that. Whatever it was. What's a Nubian? Yeah, the two sets right. of arms. <laughs> um, but that was the chase game. <laughs> Somebody was, was supposed to. Say. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's, Go ahead. But, but it's, that was just all there was. So, and then everybody else was humans, like Woody Harrelson, and then. Um, you know, like the, the slight red streaks that showed up um, in, the, in the, and I apologize for names. I don't know the names right now, but um, the main antagonist's face. Okay, but he's still a human. And yeah. like, there's just, I don't know, it, it, it was missing a little bit of that, um, the cantina feel where there's multiple species, multiple, you know, um, I don't know. I, I would have liked to have seen more of that. But speaking which, though, the one scene, though, that did have – well, there was two because at the end they come back to another one of those. The cantina scene that was a cantina, like when they first introduced Lando Calrissian, every one of those creatures was awesome. Like, yeah. And, and alien, like there were a couple like staple al- like alien species, but you saw new ones in there. That was all good stuff. I, 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 I'm, I'm with – you guys in that it was so entertaining to be in the star Wars universe without the burden of the Skywalker saga. Um, and, and I feel like even rogue one, it was hard. It was, you still felt, I mean, they, they show 
Darth Vader and Princess Leia at the end of it. So you know that those are still tied up in those events. And this one had nothing to do with that. And I think it's a good taste of where that new trilogy, the potential for that new trilogy that Ryan Johnson's going to, has been greenlit to, to um, direct. So uh, yeah, I, I think I, I can appreciate kind of the world building may not have felt as vast as maybe we get in some of the other movies um, to double these point. But I think the thing that intrigues me or that, but the reason why I enjoyed it was because I felt like it gave reason and it, it gave me insight into solo's character where he drew his beats from like the parts that he took from uh, Beckett, you know, Woody Harrelson's character, the part of his personality that emerged from that, the part of his personality that emerged from, I mean, from Lando, obviously the part of his person, you know, where he kind of got some of yeah. his stuff. When you see him in episode four, you can almost think, Oh yeah. Okay. This is why he would have been somewhat confrontational yet still trying to woo princess Leia based on G- game of Thrones actress lady. Sorry. I don't know her name. Yeah. Up. Amelia Clark's character, Kira. Yeah. Um, so you like it, it, it helped me build in, why he was the way he was to some degree when we met him and and obviously. he's so optimistic that's what that's what i love is it, it i feel like in the couple choices that lucas made with the special edition that pretty much killed the character arc that had been built in the original episode four this movie in in not so subtle ways really redeemed that and gave that character back its arc of being so now you see the full spectrum where he starts out so optimistic he even ends this movie being an optimist you know like we're gonna go and we're gonna join the like you know he told us about this this crime boss out in Tatooine <laughs> that's gonna like we're gonna go out there and we're gonna become smugglers like that like he doesn't even know that's what he's gonna do they're just gonna go out there and they're gonna like join this like team of criminals you know and uh i i love how like he says at one point he's like i got a really good feeling about this oh, yeah. he, he, you know instead of like i got a really bad feeling like yeah he's just the ever optimist in it and it's just because i i don't know it, like i love that it, how it it totally redeems those chain it, it, it's it just plays it's total fan service and i admit that it's total fan service but it just gives han solo back that character arc he was a bad person he's supposed to be a bad person when you meet him in episode four at first you know but not entirely that was yeah that was one of the things i appreciated too was like at some point the uh what is her Amelia Clark's Kira. character name? Kira. Kira. She says to him that thing uh, towards the end where, right. it's, where she's like, "What is she?" I remember the whole line, but she says like, "What is?" If if someone else remembers how it's set up, I I would appreciate that. But he's it's like, something I like, "I know exactly who, uh, who you are." Who you are? And he's like, "And who am I?" And she's like, "A good, the good guy." You're the good guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was that was kind of interesting because you get to see the the origin not just of i don't know i, I really appreciate that about it is is fan service a bad sort of derogatory term or I don't, is it a good no, thing no i don't think so at all i mean i listen 
I wanted nothing more than Han to shoot first, and he got to. <laughs> which <laughs> I didn't get. Like, Twinkie, when I saw that text, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that was, I mean, I, and you could hear fans. So Ash and I went and saw this at a midnight show. And so it was oh, just, that's full, awesome. So it was just full of fans, right? And when that happened, I know I made a noise, but the entire theater, there was just like, oh. Like, like, you know, like he, he got to shoot because he shot first. I feel like this whole movie shows where he's trying to run away. He's trying to run away from that good guy, like prove he's not that good guy. You know, um, man, I liked I it. I don't know that that's what he's trying to do, though, because the whole movie, he's trying to be the good guy. Heck, he's trying to like oh, he's yeah. in, the, in the army to to become a, a fighter pilot so that he can go back and save his girlfriend. Like he's yeah. he's risking his neck to do everything to be a good guy. It just he's doing it yeah. maybe not in the not with the best of intentions. Like he's stealing this um, quarium or whatever it is, and um, like he's he's going through maybe not the best channels, but. He's doing it because he's that good guy. And all will get back to her. Like, it's all to get back to her. Right. And then it's all to impress her. Um, yeah, that's true. I guess that is true. I, I would be interested. I'm interested to see. I hope this gets a sequel. I want to see the I want to see the movie in the middle. Because Ooh. that's the I mean, one. IMDb like, lists a, a solo, too. It, it's on. The, it's on the. I mean, you know, for what that for what that's worth <laughs> well i this is and this is the piece of hollywood that pisses me off is i already saw there's already this big um article about like uh where what is disney gonna do to recoup from the failure of solo and i'm just like failure of so that i have no it, idea that's a because thing. it <laughs> had not because it didn't get it didn't like blow up the box office so they were speculating really? like did Disney oversaturate the the box office because they had like Infinity War and so like they pitted Solo against the tail end of Infinity War, and then they were you know what you know what was the film not ever able to overcome all the rumors of like all the like the set problems that it had, <clears throat> yada yada yada. This whole thing went through, and I'm like. None of this talks about the quality of the film. It all boils down that it just didn't have a really strong opening weekend. Like it, it nailed the box. And that's the other thing too, is it's like, yeah, it, it got number one, but it was like half of what they were expecting to get. Well, it still hit fucking number one. Like, and, and yeah. again, none of it discussed the quality of the film, the, like their approach to the storytelling, the the fact that I was not looking forward to uh, what's Opie's name, Jesus, Ron oh, Howard. Ron Howard. I was not like I was really. I, I'm just. I I know he makes good films. Uh, like Apollo 13 is fantastic. I love that movie. I just was not looking forward to this because when I heard that he got attached to it, you know, and. Uh, but then it it just came off. It just worked. It was so good. So I just really enjoyed. Like, and they needed it to work because this is the first time that they had new actors playing established characters, right? Like, because they know they can't go with CG because nobody reacted well to the Princess Leia CG or the Grand Moff Tarkin CG. 
So the only other way that you can you can do it is like, okay, then let's just put real actors, different actors in as those characters. And uh, I think they nailed it. I mean, uh, like even even the guy playing Harrison Ford or playing Han Solo, not Harrison Ford. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but they he just had just enough nuances where I'm like, yeah, I can totally buy this. You yeah, know? it's fine. Like, okay, here, we want you to play one of the most iconic actors of the last 40 years. Right. Uh, good luck. And it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? I mean, I don't know what people walked in expecting. Um, I thought he did fine. I wasn't like, I can't, I literally can't imagine better. I love yeah. that guy yeah. so much. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love that character so much. That literally enriched my appreciation of Harrison Ford's character. I like I I can't yeah. I cannot imagine it being better. I don't well, understand why people. Oh wait, wait, wait. So... This I, I'm sorry. Usually that this is not for myself to talk more. Double D. Oh, he can't hear us. Shoot. This was the perfect moment if you can hear us, Double D. If you can find your shit the bride says about this actor, that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's All a right. few few minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> so I caught him at just well, the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, so my beautiful bride and I went and saw the movie and um uh a brief time out with um San's kids and it was absolutely terrific. Oh here it is. Okay. Did you find yeah. it? So yeah, so when we saw Solo, so on the way home <laughs> and again I love I I really did enjoy the movie quite a bit. She did as well, I think. Um so <laughs> we get into the car after we leave all the theater and all the people and stuff like that. And I looked at her and I'm like, so, well, what did you think of Solo? And she looks at me and she goes, honestly? And I'm waiting for this, you know, this beautiful rendition of what the movie was all about. And she says, uh, the whole movie I was just thinking, does that guy really look enough like Harrison Ford? <laughs> no, no, he does not. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think it's on the poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> waiting for i was waiting for all kinds of insight and thoughts and you know a shot first and everything and it was just like um i just had a hard time getting over that piece so um to, to go along that line of it's kind of nice how do you play harrison ford you you can't play harrison ford you can't get no. a young harrison ford um, no so and and there then, was like well and that was one of the things that everybody was worried about because the rumors were that they he was not acting well enough at all that they had to bring in a coach an expert in harrison ford like the one article i i read they he was like an expert in harrison ford's performances and coached this kid and i guess that made like a huge difference <clears throat> there was no point where i was like oh yeah that's totally here how harrison ford would have played it i totally gave this kid his own like space to be in the character because it's 19 it's supposed to be 19 years earlier like i'm not the same person i was 19 years ago like right, right. and that it just worked for me oh man it was it worked so well i loved all of it like i loved the 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 fact that there it was not weird there was a couple moments with chewbacca because I was like, how are they going to pull that off? How are they going to show that bond being created? Because we've only ever known them as Chewbacca being Han Solo's left hand. Like that, like that, that's how we, 
it's or right hand, I guess, right? Because he always hits to his right. Um, I'm like, how are they going to establish this bond so that we can believe it? And there's like those two, there's two main scenes where they get to spend time together, like really getting to know each other. The one where like the ship is flying in when they're getting ready to do the job and they're just at the bottom of the ship right after they took the shower together, you know? And then the one when they're sitting around the fire and like Chewbacca talks about like why he's and you would think that would be really cheesy and maybe it's just the Star Wars nerd in me, but like it didn't feel forced at all. They they really just did a great job of showing those two becoming best friends, you know, um, but I, I which I, I think that would to me was the biggest challenge of this whole story. And I think they nailed it. Like, I think they really did a good job of showing you how Chewbacca and Han Solo became inseparable with each other. It's fun to hear him speak. What's the, uh, it's not Wookiees, but Wookie, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was funny. He's like, I, and honestly, in that moment where he gets thrown into that pit and they're like, you know, uh, feed him to the beast. But, yeah, I thought it was going to be the Rancor. I was oh, I, yeah. I don't know why. I was just like in a different page. I didn't realize it was going to be Chewbacca. I don't know. It's like if you think about the prequels and how those are meant to kind of fill in gaps in a story that we jump into in 1977, um, that's not super satisfying. Maybe some stuff in episode three. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for me, every beat of this was super satisfying. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. I, um, the I loved, like getting to see, infant like the infantry of the empire, uh, that wasn't stormtroopers, you know, like sure, and, and them trying to take over these worlds and and trying to beat the galaxy into submission, basically, um, yeah, no, it was it was great. Yeah, and I just I mean, you know that all of these stories are retconned a little bit, right? Because they're written fifty, I don't know, whenever George wrote it in seventy five. So what is that? Thirty five years later? How's my math? I don't know. That it's sounds late. right. I'm tired. No. Oh no. <laughs> Lucas no, no, it's forty five. I don't know why. <laughs> I get, yeah. Yeah. get the math teachers in here. Anyway, my point being there is a chance that it I'm not a math as- teacher anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could get that yeah. gif, that little like double finger guns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Choo Um you know it's retconned a little bit, but it didn't feel forced. I didn't really feel like, oh, they have to explain X. Okay, well that was kind of yep. but it was all just within the con the confines of him trying to get the girl, which I mean it's Star Wars. Of course it's gonna be about you know <laughs> the the hero's adventure i mean not in the same way every time at least i hope not but it never felt like they had to shoehorn a scene and you're like what why was that scene in there why are they yeah what's going on there in fact the the heist oh sorry go ahead no if you go feel free Um, well i'll just say very quickly about the that shoehorn stuff like there i was not there was not filler for me honestly when there's chases in movies of any kind i kind of tune out like I just, I I don't consciously do it, uh, but I was like, okay, when's this over? But like when that heist came up in the first 
act, I guess, where they're trying to, you know, Woody Harrelson and, and Tandy Newton and uh, that whole, and, and uh, Solo got onto that crew. I just thought it was going to be like something that I would tune out of, but like serious shit went down. Tandy Newton oh, yeah. died. And like, like, I was just like, oh shit. Like I needed to go to the bathroom, but I was like, I'm not going to leave because there's character stuff happening in every fucking scene. Yep. Like there was no filler in that for me. Sorry, we're going to say a double D. No, just with the shoehorn, the one thing that I felt forced and the one thing that I just really wish they could have taken a different angle on was the was how it gets solo. Um, I just think it's, <laughs> I thought it was a cheesy, cheap way to have just some random nobody, you know, just the guy that signs people up for the service for, you know, for military duty to come up with his name. I was like, man, there is so many ways they could have brought that in. And made that better. Like it's he's on solo. Like even if you know he, they're just they we're a pair, we're a pair, we're a pair. Like him and his girl, and they did everything as a pair. And then he realized, like he looks back and he realized she's there. And then he's like, "Well, I'm solo." You know. Yeah. I, mean, th- I just think that there could have been so many better ways to come up with Han Solo. Like it, that's his name. Like, that's who he is. <laughs> I mean, the guy could have just been like Johnson, like yeah. Johnson. Like, come on, yeah. that's just ah, that was the asshole, that, major that, asshole. That major, that was, I'm that, surrounded that, by that. assholes. Yeah, keep firing, <laughs> assholes. <laughs> this cannot spiral into a spaceballs. We, oh, that's <laughs> right. Sorry, it can always spiral into a spaceballs discussion. Always. Any episode of Long Long Short Drink is fair game to spiral into a Spaceballs conversation. (laughs) Palmer's got rules. Yeah. I like that as a threat. Yeah. (laughs) Or just a a maxim to live by. That was the closest it got to like now. What's happening now is happening now. When does this happen in the movie? Right now. That reminds me. We're also owed your uh, Rick Moranis uh, speech. What's that? We're, we're someday we're owed your Rick Moranis. Oh, uh, and I heard he is. Um, I heard he is coming back. There is again another thing, finger like the like. There's somebody is listening to Long Long Short Drink. Rick Moranis. I heard Rick Moranis is coming and doing something. He's like dipping his toe back into acting for something. The timing so. of that works, right? Like he quit to oh, raise that, a family and stuff. Yeah, the, um, it, they're doing an SCTV documentary for on Netflix, which means they're probably going to end up getting um, old SCTV episodes, which is awesome. But I think he's coming back to like contribute to that documentary, which is awesome. Um, I think with the solo thing. I feel like there were a lot of little things in this movie. I call them fan service, and maybe that's not the right word for them. But I feel like it's things that they helped. I I feel like some of them, they helped either. They just were these little jabs at Lucas, or they were helping to clear up some things that Lucas had left, like, open-ended. Like, the solo... One of the... um, one of the few things that I I've always heard people make fun of him is like, it's Luke Skywalker. So he's like the, you know, he goes out into space and he's Han Solo. That's like the clue that he's like, he's always on his own, you know? And so like, these are kind of 
they're kind of like ham fisted names, you know? So I like that the way that his name comes about is ham fisted in a sense that the same way that Lucas is like, well, let's call him solo because he's, he's a smuggler and a criminal. So it's actually kind of great. And he yeah. sort of aspires to that smuggler criminal thing, right? Like he's, this, yeah, he's this much more pure hearted person than we would have necessarily thought. And like, this is how he learns to kind of put up that armor yeah, I don't know. That's a great observation. I really appreciate that. Because <laughs> I wasn't super bothered by that moment. Like, double D, like it is kind of cheesy. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, I accept that. I was like, all right. If that's, I was, I pretty instantly just acclimated and wasn't pissed off by it. Yeah. I, I like, I like that version of it quite a bit. The, the, yeah, it was just like some guy thinking, like, hmm, hmm. all right. Well, we got to get you through here. So solo. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I, I think that, um, there were a few things that really the parsec thing. That was another one that like everybody always made fun of because parsecs is a measurement of distance. So there's how do you shorten a distance? You can't like it's the only ship that made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. That's the original line, and it's like yeah. if, if it's if it's a distance, which is what a parsec measures. There's no way you're going to shorten that. It's 12 parsecs no matter what ship you're in. It just is going to take longer, <laughs> depending, you know. And I love that they were able to correct that, like, 40-year-old continuity error by saying, <laughs> like, no, he took a route that no other ship had ever survived. That's how he did it in 12 parsecs. And I like how everybody blew him off when he was trying to brag about it. Afterwards. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> just did just this castle running 12 parsecs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody can <laughs> anything he said. Oh, it's so fantastic. I, I love I, that. Chewy is like, well, if you round up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like, I, here's what I think about it too from like maybe like a little higher overview. If my son or daughter is like, hey, I want to see Star Wars, like this would probably be one of the first movies I would show them. Sure. I mean, it's fast it's action-packed there's funny characters there's exciting it's slightly scary at points for a like a young kid like i could definitely see this being a movie that i would show them without being like ignore the really crappy like sand in the vagina line and don't yeah. worry about the you know the terrible acting by this person like it was all just so well done uh, i mean yeah like I would be happy to show this to anyone and be like, this is a really good Star Wars movie. Why it's getting so much bad press, I just have no idea. Be it's beyond me. If it just everybody I, like hops on the the heat once once people hear negative, it just kind of keeps cycling yeah. and cycling I, and cycling. Or, maybe that's we, it. I, I mean oh, that's sorry. the or maybe they just don't want it to succeed because how can like Disney has so much right now or but I don't know. It's hard to deny how good, like, I mean, this is hands down better than Rogue One, and I loved Rogue One. I, this was, I, I would, I really didn't want to put it in the same vein as Last Jedi, because I really liked Last Jedi a lot. But I, I mean, I guess there, I, I would put them at equal quality there. I mean, it is, it like, I, I would agree with that, that it is a quit, like a, a quintessential Star Wars right. film. You know, the Star Wars story, yeah, it, it, literally, right? Um, yeah, uh, I well, 
and it shows just like how crime is a second nature to him because he was raised in crime. So like, it's never that he just becomes amoral. It's not that he's a bad guy. He just does what he has to do because that's what he's always done. I think right. that's really what the movie is a good, it, it it's a good portrayal of that. It's not. And that's where maybe Lucas was having trouble by having Greedo shoot first in the special edition was like, he was trying to portray. It's not that he was a bad person. It's he was amoral. This like hit the, the, the rebellion gave him morals, gave him like, gave him an understanding of this is why you do these good things. You know, this is why it's important to do those. And, uh, this shows that like why he's amoral. He just does what he has. He's always been a survivor. Well, um, I enjoy too, like where you learn. It seems like from the Woody Harrelson character of Beckett that you learn where that 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 seems like the prototype. That's like his Ben Kenobi, right? Like, yeah. um, yep, yep. To where he sort of learned how to be this hardened, you know, hardened guy with a heart of gold. Kind of, I don't know, but uh, yeah, so. That was that was really fun too. Like it, it still follows in some ways that hero's journey template of a Star Wars movie as well, yeah. while still being that kind of anti-hero. But I but actually didn't even know version of it, right? Like yeah, yeah, but but sort of the same too. But like it not only enriched like how I felt about the character in general, but it makes that moment in A New Hope where he does come through ring that much more true you know sure. like like that's that's who he is that that's who he's always been the guy right. to kind of do the right thing when it comes down to it and the, and the movie I, I think too just rewards you to kind of with a little bit if you do have if you have seen the original star wars movie and you understand han solo's luck or lack thereof it certainly rewards you in building you up so for the first like speeder chase and he turns it sideways and he's going through the building. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. And gets stuck right at the end. Like, you kind of know that's going to happen um, because it's Han Solo, right? Or when they're putting the fuel in the in the, the, the engines to get away from the, the black hole and the giant beast and it fails miserably and then it kicks in. Like, you know that's going to happen, right? Because the every time they, yeah, yeah, every time they go into hyperspace, right. um, it, it and she made, made that classic noise, the Millennium Falcon noise. They're like, and you're just like, oh, that's the noise. Like, like everybody becomes the character, even the Millennium Falcon. Like, she gets all of that beautiful shielding like ripped off of her in that scene. Yeah. So that when it lands on that planet, it's the ugly Millennium Falcon. Like, she was such a beautiful ship up to that point, and like. And you're like, when is like, I want to know how she becomes. And you get to see all of that. You like, oh man. You know what's great too about the the connective stuff is like people talk about ships as she, often like that's a thing, but they literally wove into the story that the the brain of that that the Millennium Falcon as we know it is um is L3 this woman who like evidently had feelings or this robot woman <laughs> who had feelings for Lando I'm looking at IMDb and it's actually L3-37 which I can only imagine is a nod to Kevin Smith somewhere in the universe right? I hope so I so <laughs> I hope so, so too. 37 
You know, yeah, bro. bro. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, that was kind of a. I I, I was like, where are they going Thanks with this the, robot romance? Stereo, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was a little thrown by that. Like, where are they going with this romance? And and she's like, you know, it works. But when she was part of the 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 mainframe or the brain, I was like, oh wow. Again, when like in the way that the the prequels don't. Uh, prequels so rarely enrich like the the original trilogy. Yep. This one like just hit the nail on the head. For well, me and it explains how every time why the Millennium Falcon has that has that persnickety personality. You know that like oh, yeah, and it's because it's fucking L three. Just like nope, you're not. I don't care what you want. It's my my agenda. You know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Re- I didn't even realize that was a thing in the original trilogy that that three PO or R two D two mention. That this that the ship has a peculiar personality or a peculiar language. I didn't not until after I saw the movie did I realize, you know that. Oh, I didn't know that why. they even reference it in the in the original trilogy. Yeah, there's something along the lines of this ship ha- speaks a, a different language or something like that. Gotcha. Uh, and, but, yeah, and that too, when they tap into the mainframe as other robots, that's extra fun. Like, yeah, oh, you know, and this is written by sorry. I don't know if you guys know, I'm hoping, but Jonathan Kazan and Lawrence Kazan. So like Lawrence Kazan as of Empire yes. fame and is that his son? I can only imagine. I, I believe that it is son. his son. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Like these two really knocked it out of the park. Oh, I mean, nail it just nailed it. It's just so like so many good things they tied it. I like that they tied it, were able to tie in the other franchises like um, Rebels and um, Clone Wars. With oh, how'd uh, they do that? Oh, uh, with um, the guy at the end who got cut in half at the end of oh, yeah. So they bring in Darth Maul at the very Darth end, Maul. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, so, maybe you can clear this up for me too, Palmer. Like okay. we were, the bride and I were talking. So Sith, I mean, Sith is an order, right? Yeah. So, so he's not a Sith anymore. So at the end of Phantom, because I, I had to watch a YouTube video to explain how Darth Maul was there, because I've never watched Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels. Oh, that's literally Darth Maul. That's that literally is how can that Darth, be? Darth Maul. Right. That's what. No. There's some explanation in Rebels in this television show. Yeah, in the television show Rebels. So what happens is, is Darth Maul survives his fight with Obi Wan, and through his hatred for Obi Wan Kenobi for cutting him in half, and him losing grace with the Emperor, basically or Palpatine, he uses his rage for obi-wan to like survive basically and those are robot legs if you when he stands up in solo they like you can hear all the servos going like him standing oh uh, i get it it's it's like that poetry of uh you know darth vader essentially being cut in half. yeah exactly <laughs> okay and uh there's even and this is the cool thing too because i i don't know if it's in rebels or if it's in clone wars but he, because he ends up meeting up with his brother, he becomes a pr- crime syndicate. He starts this crime syndicate, so he's the leader of the crime syndicate that, you know, three tiers up from Kira. So there's Kira, and then her boss, and then her boss's boss was Darth Maul, and that's because since Phantom Menace, he has slowly built up this crime empire, uh, Crimson Dawn. Is that what it's called? Is that I believe so. I, I think that's what it was called. Um, 
But there's a point. This is what I'm excited for because I think ultimately they're going to make the Obi Wan movie, and that Obi Wan movie is going to have an elder. Um, why can't I? You McGregor. You McGregor as Obi Wan, oh, right? That would be amazing. And I think he's going to fight Darth Maul because in the in in Rebels, Obi Wan or Darth Maul and Darth Maul's brother find obi-wan on tatooine and fight him and obi-wan kills darth maul's brother like further enraging him like it's all this like huge Whoa. elaborate like plot and so this i think him ending him being exposed in the ending we're gonna get to see all of this subplot and it's all gonna lead to the obi-wan story where we're gonna see the like true end of darth maul which that's gonna be fucking fan to get to see an old robot leg Darth Maul fight an old Oom McGregor Obi-Wan like that I I mean my I don't know if your dicks are hard but mine is like <laughs> <laughs> um double D hit us with some of your favorite favorite bits about this this movie oh <clears throat> well I think before we get to the favorite bits, sorry, I, I have to just, I have to take it down another peg or two. Um, when <laughs> he jump, it's just, it's the science guy in me, I think. Um, like when he flips it on the, when, he, when they're doing the chase at the beginning and he flips it on the side and he goes through it sideways. I'm yeah. like, eh. But what, what was worse than that, like when the speeder behind him used brakes. Can somebody tell me what brakes on a, how do you use brakes on a speeder? That's, <laughs> I mean, come on. Reverse gravity. It's reverse yeah. gravity. <laughs> no, because it like it kind of pulls into like like a little bit of a slide stop, and I was like, "Come on!" I don't know why that bothered me, but it was kind of like the bombs dropping. I think in. if they can make a floating car, they can figure out how to stop a floating car. That's yeah. where. Again, it's the science teacher in you, but it's this like, like I know it's the math teacher in me. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna use logic to suspend my disbelief. Like my <laughs> my bride is in the background. She's like, you actually said that out loud in the theater. It sucks being a, a science teacher. Let and me. If tell I'm not you. mistaken, in the theater, she probably goes, "Yeah, there's no way that would happen." Yeah. So <laughs> she was on board with me. Um, uh, but um, no, oh man, favorite parts. Oh my gosh, there was there's so many. Um, I thought that it was um, I, the the whole setup. I would have loved to have seen a little more of that whole red herring thing um, that they kind of pulled in whatever the uh, shoot and now I'm not even going to remember it not um, Force Awakens oh yeah Force uh, Force Awakens whatever where they've got this big side plot or whatever when when Solo went back up with you know into into the final yacht like you just knew that Beckett was going to be there um, and I, I would have liked to have seen just some other way around that um, I think it played well into the story um, so I did kind of like that, but I thought it was kind of predictable. Um, but I was, I was okay with that. Um, the, um, I, I kind of liked the chase scenes. I thought that was, I thought the heist was great. And I know that you guys were probably talking about that as I stepped away, but, um, just a really neat. We didn't actually, so we, we can talk about that for sure. Oh, okay. 
what a cool story. Um, and there's, you know, he's like, we're, we're the only ones that know about this. And of course they were not the only ones that know about this. So, and, and maybe I just missed that part, but where was that leak? Where was that information? How did that information, um, get passed along to the, um, hijackers? I, I, well, I don't think it's ever fully explained other than they're just trying to stay one step ahead because they're their whole militia or group of people rebellion, right? is made up. They're the seeds of the rebellion. They they right. are ultimately who are going to become the rebellion. Right. Um, I, I think, I, you know what? I hadn't even thought of like how that stuff was getting leaked because he even says that at one point, like, I thought we were the only and like right and, and the guy gets super angry. He like he's like I don't care how they found out. Like I'm wondering if if in this if we're gonna find out there is obviously a leaker somewhere in there, right? Who is feeding this information? Right, exactly. So, but that was and and I thought that when that that piece came up, when he was like, you know, I thought we were the only ones that knew about this. I was under the impression where. You know, if he, if he would have even said, like, well, I mean, come on, there's just a couple guys on speeders. You know, you couldn't handle that. To be kind of like, oh, okay, well, he obviously led them on, and he was going to try to right. take it from whoever he could get it from. But then he just drops it, and there was no – Yeah. And I was like, man, if they're the only ones that are supposed to know this, yeah, how would that work? Yeah, no, I think that that is going to be a major plot point in the sequel – I think. And I like the fact that they didn't answer everything. Yeah. I hope that means we get a chance to, to see another one. You know, it does, it did get a lot of negative press. So I, you know, and and Disney is really just not, they're not taking any risks with this franchise. I feel like with Marvel, they're play, they're playing it a little more loose, but with star Wars, they're just not risking anything. And yeah, but think about that, though. Like, Marvel has been around for, you know, well, Marvel comics have been around forever, but Marvel movies have just been getting good. Yeah. Star Wars has a fan base that is, you know, you've got 35, 45-year-old dudes that are just thinking it will just get pissed off, and then they won't spend their money. Yeah, that's true, so and that's exactly it. And There's always going to be 15-year-olds that will go to an Avengers movie. You know, yep. So they have to be protective. Like, I, I get that piece. Um, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a well-written movie. I thought the story was good. You know, the 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 character arc is good. They keep him going as a, you know, as the good guy. You know, when he said, "I've got a good feeling about this," hands down, my favorite line in the whole movie. And just that what right there is like like that's gr- like you're bringing it all together. Like it's it's it goes because every other time he says it, it's I have a bad feeling about this. Yes. You're just like, and it yeah, shows everybody ever in this, yeah, and, and all, yeah, and, and it's yeah. like so much optimism, and just like yeah. it can't always be the rebels fighting the empire. It, you, you, we need to grow beyond that if we're going to, if this is franchise is going to survive beyond the Skywalkers. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, th- that's one of the things that I, I think freed this movie up is I didn't feel like, oh, it's gonna, we're gonna be another Death Star. and yeah. Uh, yeah. And and again, that's fine. Like I I just wanted something different. A change up is good. A change of pace is positive. I mean, if episode nine rolls around, I'm sure there's gonna be a big thing they have to blow up, and I'm sure we're gonna find out the force and there'll be lightsabers. And in this one, you just it's like real people trying to survive 
you see that like Corellia is just a big piece of shit planet and yeah, you know, it's yeah. ridden with crime and it is just real people trying to get by, you know, not the elite, which is what you're watching when you're watching right. Star Wars. You're watching right. the elite of the community. Oh, yeah. Like the, the all stars of the galaxy. That's who yeah. you get to see in the, all the episodes. If I'm not mistaken, there were no lightsabers. Right. Except not for Darth except for Darth Maul's at the very right. end. At that the was very, very but I don't even consider that. Like that was yeah, it wasn't time. it wasn't yeah. in combat or right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I will tell you that's why I think that if we do have a follow up, if we have a solo part two, that better be the darkest Star Wars movie ever. Yes. Yes. I mean the guy. Because I want to see I want to see Han Solo's optimism taken away from him. That's yeah. what that's what we need to see. Yes, where that shoot first mentality becomes his go-to. Because the only yep. reason it was his go-to, the only reason why he shot first that time is because he knew what Beckett was going to do. He had yep. to have that feeling like, look, Beckett's gonna. This is what he's gonna do, and so he used that, and, and it it killed him to do it. Like you could just see the pain and anguish when he did it. Like yep. he he knew when he shot him, when he killed him, that man, this is this is hurting me just as much as it's hurting you. Like. Yep. I felt like a little piece of Han Solo's optimism and that good guy died a little bit when he shot first. And then when it's Greedo, he's just like, like nonchalant, yep. just like, yep. that's just how yep. it is. So I there's bet something, you do. There's something you know. that happens and it better be like, it's got to be. Dark. Yeah, you're right. You're you're exactly right. And it, I think the next one does need to be that, uh, which would be. Which I is going to be hard with that cast because there was a lot of comedy, and I know that is one thing they fought really to dial back. That's one of the reasons why they didn't. The original directors and Lucasfilm did not get along was because they were really going on ad libbing and comedy, and you know the Castners who this guy wrote Empire Strikes Back. He goes to Lucasfilm and says. No, it's all about the way we wrote it. It needs to be the way we wrote it. But see, the comedy, like in the in the gambling scenes and stuff like that, bring on the comedy. Like, oh yeah, I mean that's who Han is too, though. I mean, because he's still got that. You know, he's that smart Alec, wisecracking. I mean, he's he's yeah. right there with it. So keep that comedy. That's fine. It's just you know you don't want. You, you know, need Kira. Shit, like he needs his he needs his gut ripped out in the next one. Like yes. that to yes. like, oh, it can God. be funny and we can have Lando and like who I, who we haven't even got to touch on yet. Like Donald Glover, Jesus Christ. <sighs> like yeah. I I mean Billy D. Williams, I never thought I would ever be like yeah, he was more suave than Billy D. Williams. He was oh. fucking more whoa, whoa. suave than. Come on, bro. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like that. Like just like. I I I mean I guess so. No. This is the other piece that I. This is the Impossible. other piece that I love is that he has all that confidence and suaveness that Billy D. has with nothing to back it up. Like no, like, like he his ships impounded. He has to cheat to win at the card games. He's like not able to like again. He fails at negotiation. Like you see, how, like, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, percentage and like just like how like like the terms of the agreement have been like renegotiated. Ray, I don't negotiate like cheat yeah. all the further. Like you know, like 
Uh, While wearing, uh, riding a unicycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, ride this unicycle. The deal has been altered. Pray I don't alter it any further. That's the line. Yeah. Oh, hey, man. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I'm going to have to cut my time on LWSD a little short. Are you out, buddy? Um, yeah. Yeah. I got to. I've been beckoned. I've been All summoned right. to the All throne right. room. Twinkie, but, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, buddy. I, hey, I really, uh, it was great to be back on, and I'm glad we all had a chance to catch up on some solo. That was nice. Absolutely. And keep your calendar clear yeah. two weeks from now, and let's try to do 50 two weeks from now before we go on hiatus. That sounds great. I'll all try. Right. To, I'm going to try to listen to the rest here, but uh, all right, we'll catch you guys later. All right, buddy. All right. Love you. Thanks for joining. So great to talk to you. Yep. Yep. Bye. Bye. Um. Yeah. Talk more about Lando. I know. You want to share, Dave? You, when he said he was just as suave, I saw you your skin crawl. So, no, that'll not do. Yeah. I don't know. I I I have no problem with this casting. Let me say that. Uh, Yeah. When the first moments happened where Lando was on screen, I literally wondered. Are they sampling Billy D. Williams' voice or something? Like, I was, yeah, I was like, I was thrown by that. Um, I would, yeah, I wouldn't have anyone else do it. Uh, I think for me, the way that Palmer feels about Donald Glover as Lando is the way that I feel about the actor whose name I can't pronounce, Alden. Oh, who plays um, Han Solo? Yeah, I, 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 he was, I was in love with him. So, but, yeah. but yeah, so I wouldn't, I was, I certainly wouldn't change it for the world. I, I think it's perfect. I have, a, I have a weird sort of thing with Donald Glover that I can't quite sort out. I think it's partially that thing we were joking about before. It's like, you're not, the, he's not always the Donald Glover I want him to be, which is so unfair. Sure. No. <laughs> you know, so unfair. Because I don't even know for sure what Donald Clover I wanted to be. <laughs> I th- I, you know, honestly, what I think it is is that I was introduced to him on Community, and that was a very smiley character, very smiley kind of surface. Not even that's maybe not fair, but so when it comes to something like Atlanta, where he's doing some really groundbreaking work. And then I'd see him get awards and stuff. And sometimes he's real like low key. I would just be like, I want Troy yeah. <laughs> from community, but that's not really fair. <clears throat> Even uh, on Saturday Night Live recently, the bride and I were watching it and she, so we watched the first performance and we fast forwarded through, I didn't know that she did this, but she fast forwarded through almost the entire second performance, which was that America song. I don't Oh yeah. This is America. The name of it. This is America. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't know that she cut it short. So I basically heard him say underpants underpants underpants. Yeah. Two other things and then a girl jump roped and it was over. And yeah. I literally freaked out in a way that made her amused like this doesn't count as music. <laughs> and then literally the <laughs> next day the internet blew up. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, "Yeah, I fast forwarded through the first half of that." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Not anyway, for any so, other reason that she just fast forwarded, right? Like, oh, well, literally by accident. Yeah, she did. Okay. But so I just saw him like dancing around, say underpants, underpants, underpants. A girl danced in a jump rope, and then the internet blew up. And I was like, why is this happening? So, so I have a slightly complex relationship with trying to understand this guy's accolades and stuff. But essentially, I like the dude. I would cast no one else as Lando. I 
I loved I loved everything he did. I like I love that thing where he's like kind of like recording his life and times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very Shatner for me. That's probably one piece of his like character that I didn't like. I think that's where he took it almost too far. I did not picture Lando being that full of him. Like yeah. Maybe. Yeah, Billy D's not know. off doing that. <laughs> like Billy no, D like Billy I never <laughs> would have pictured Billy D's Lando going on and like recording his memoirs. But when you th- but when you think about it though, like Land like Billy D's Lando had gotten to the point where he didn't need to because he was the king of that entire empire. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, um, he's recording his memoirs because he knows he's the king, but nobody else does. And so he's recording this because he knows how important it is. And everybody else will realize how important this is at some point in the future. <laughs> you know, Sorry. it's so funny that you say that after our cabin kids episode. And after I've spent like two days digitizing things from 20 years ago. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, exactly. So maybe I relate. And that's why I don't like it. I'm yeah. like, hey, bro. <laughs> I would highly years later you're gonna feel differently my first I didn't know Donald Glover from community I've never seen community um I my first interaction with Donald Glover is his stand-up that I it was on Netflix I don't know if it's still on Netflix uh but Comedy Central recorded it it is it is fantastic it's phenomenal I like and that stand-up was enough where I'm like this guy is a comedic genius I will I'll watch anything that he's in. Um, and then I listened to uh, the first or second Childish Gambino album, and that was really good. He is just talented. It's ridiculous how talented he is. He's a staggering so, talent. Like, that's it it on, is. It on, is. like And like triple threat, like a, a legitimate triple threat and like, just i mean it's it's ridiculous how good his talent is and he has a way of communicating his message that is evocative and just oh yeah good stuff yeah that 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 uh uh, whether it's this is america whatever when i saw that video i was blown away like everyone else oh yeah i couldn't believe it uh like i said like uh you know we got back from seeing the midnight show of solo and then uh (laughs) got a little busy and i'm pretty sure ash and i both were just picturing don glover the entire time so uh, by the way if that stand-up is weirdo it is currently on netflix and i know that netflix giveth and as dave says netflix away away. but it is yeah uh it is fantastic i'll hear more from from double d about (laughs) stand-up always yeah yeah we can talk stand-up all you want (laughs) have you seen that have you watched that stand-up no, I haven't, but I did Weirdo. see a stand-up um, that you you've got to check out. Oh my gosh, it was just spectacular. Um, it's like a it's like a four-part series of of stand-up. Um, it was just spectacular. Um, British guy that did it. Um, oh, now it's gonna now his name is gonna leave me. Jim Jeffries or no, no, um... it was a um, it was weird. It was kind of a. Um, I can, oh shoot! I'll think of it in a minute, and then I'll tell you what it is. Um, but it is definitely worth watching. Absolutely hysterical. It's like, again, it's like four hour, hour and ten, hour and fifteen minute shows, just all in a row. Um, oh, James Acaster, that's who it is. Um, James Acaster. It is terrific. Absolutely stellar. Um, 
but I don't I don't want to get too far off solo because I know I know it takes a long time to turn a ship around. Um, <laughs> it does take a long time to turn, ship. To turn a ship around. <laughs> the um, but Did the castle run twelve bisects. So yeah. oh, you're doing the so you're doing you're doing Chris Walken auditioning as Han Solo. That's right. The classic. It happened. <laughs> that is it, it. Did happen. That spawned one of the best Saturday Night Live sketches ever. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, and I will say that I loved that piece. How that how he and Chewbacca had that little moment between when he's like twelve parsecs, and Chewbacca's like. What? Like, wait, no, it wasn't. You always round like, down, dude. Well, you it's round like, down. You always round down, man. Yeah, that was that was just so terrific. Because, yeah. and again, as a science nerd, parsecs, not what that's for, but it is so cool that that's no, all part of the Star Wars. So you might have been gone for that part, but that's that was a fan redemption in the sense that they short because parsecs measure distance, not time. Of course, and so, and so when he originally said in Episode Four about how. It's the, it's the ship that made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. For 40 years, fans have been like, oh, that's a big continuity error because parsecs measure distance, not time. And how can you shorten the distance between two points? And he did it because he flew through. He took a shortcut that no other ship had done. So that's how he did it in 12 parsecs like that. Like that. George Lucas should be like, oh, finally. Thank God. Thank you no, for like clearing no, that up for me. I'm calling bullshit because what because. <laughs> If we go back to um, if we go back to the last um, Force Awakens or whatever, when yeah. they're coming off the red herring, when um, Finn and uh, Hope or whatever Rose, whatever that Rose yeah. convoluted love story was about, um, when they're coming back, he said that it's like they got a, they were traveling like twenty parsecs. This ship really can fly, or this ship really can move. I think, they, okay, they fucked it up there, but I'm telling yeah. you, this one in Solo is that's how he did it in 12 parsecs because he did it in a shortcut. He did it in he flew through that. That's what that whole giant like um maelstrom. Yeah, that yeah, that that the maelstrom, that giant creature, the um Lovecraftian, that's the word I was looking for. It's like the the a great old one living in the center of the universe, like living off of a black hole, basically. Uh no other sh- that's why no other ships had survived i like i thought that was like it was just as good it was just as redeeming because he sounds like an idiot like like fa- that's what the fans had all like because the, they're like oh han solo is such an he's schmoozing he doesn't even know what he's talking about he's like oh i made the kessel run in 12 parsecs but then you find out like no he really did do it in 12 parsecs because everybody else was taking the roundabout way on the trip, he cut through right the middle, you know? Yeah. Um, I like it better as it, I like it better as a science goof. I like, I think that's, I, I didn't have any problem with that. I thought it was, I just loved how Chewbacca and he had that moment where Chewbacca's calling, uh, calling him yeah. on. Like, no, come on. No. And he's like, always round down. Like, yeah, he always round down. Just, man. That's just a glimpse into who Han Solo becomes. Yep. Is it's just that he's that schmoozing. He's that hustler. Guys, like when he tries to talk him out of the, you know, um, when he talks him out of the uh, the two different factions, when he's he's got the beast that he's smuggling, and like in the oh world. yeah, uh, in uh, that's in episode seven. Seven. He's because it's uh, the uh, oh what's that gang's name is so awesome. It became a meme. Um, 
here. I'll look that up. So, but I just thought that, you know, that's, that's just a brief little glimpse into who Han becomes. And, and that's just, you know, that's that optimistic Han. That's, you know, he's, he's the good guy. He's the positive guy. So he does keep, he, he still keeps a little bit of that core, those core, core values. But Han too has got to be, you know, dark, dreary, just abysmal. The Goovy and Death Gang, I think, is one of yes. them. Kanji Club. There you go. I never borrowed any money from Kanji Club. Well, why don't you tell that to Kanji Club? Yeah. Kanji Club's right. He's like, guys. Oh, guys. God, I love that. I love the whole, like, um, He's like, you're 190 years old. You look fantastic. <laughs> I know. And yeah. He's like, when did you learn how to fly? And that shot, like, it's uh, like they make it a point to get these like certain beats. They get the first time that like you know Han Solo and Chewie meet each other, and then the first time that they really start like figuring out that they're like they have things in common yeah and then the first time that they're flying the millennium falcon together and it's just like oh like, yeah i get so many so many chills because like their hands together are like like going into hyperspace and like flipping the switches and like chewy starts flipping switches and just like oh is yeah. that so good i i uh, that when, to me was total fan service oh yeah when kira backed that seat up i was like I was like yeah. literally fist pumping, like waiting for it. And yep. then Chewie just slides right in and he pulls up. I was like, that's it. That's yep. What I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, is it so good? I mean, there was, oh, it was good. Such a great movie. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, It didn't have any like Leia in space moments for me. <laughs> so likewise. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't want to, overstep too that at the very beginning you know the love story between han and kira you know is they don't they don't go back and show them dating and show them like all of this stuff like all this lead up like you don't need that just when he walks up and says yep. this is how we're going to get out and the love the joy in her face and that like moment of this yep. now we can fulfill our dream. That was enough. And they didn't have to belabor it. They didn't have to draw that out. And I thought they did a great job. Like when they're separated, when that door closes and they're separated, you knew that Han was losing a big part of who he was. Yep. Who he, you know, this this woman that he loved and you know, swearing that he's gonna get back to her, and it doesn't matter how he's gonna do it. But it didn't take, you know, forty five minutes of You didn't have to watch Uncle Ben die again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was. I, I think that's understated that that piece was done well enough that it was just get in, get out, and they had you know the sunlight hit and they had a little bit of that action there and how he escaped and you know he's got the rock and they're like, uh, no, that's just a rock and he's like, and then he like throws it of course. Which... <laughs> you just made that noise with your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But it was terrific. All of yeah. that was terrific. And they didn't belabor it. They didn't make it longer than it had to be. It was not a long walk, short drink. It was <laughs> it was right there, right where it needed to be. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I totally agree. And I think that's Marvel really learned that lesson of we don't need to have the exposition. You know, these yeah. these are they know these characters. 
Uh, we talked about um, we talked about um, Mad Max earlier and and Fury Road. I mean, Fury Road, even for an estate, if you know the Mad Max franchise, Fury Road takes a complete one eighty off of what you're ex- what you're anticipating, and you are dumped into this world twenty five years later than what you're used to. And it spends in it's going a hundred miles an hour right from the first frame. It spends no time on exposition. You're just thrown into the wolves. And I think that it's one of those, it's that thing of don't underestimate the intelligence of your audience. Like we're invested in this story. We like we're not gonna go see Han Solo, a Star Wars story, without not seeing any other star wars movie right, right. and and, right. and it's hard to have there's only like a couple other star wars movies you could see that don't have han solo in them where he's a major player so so they i, I like the fact that they realize that and say okay then let's just go there's we we know he's from Corellia, we know he's from this so let's just jump right in at that point and let's like let's see where he becomes Han Solo, not where he becomes a human being. Like we 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 know he has something that led to that point, right? But let's see where he becomes Han Solo, and they yeah. just focus on that, which is great. So that's a great point because it's like the the opposite of the 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 prequels, right? Right. Like you, yes. That could have been one movie, probably a strong one movie. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not three. The seventy minute <laughs> Topher Grace cut of yeah. the prequels that's that's what i want that's that's the prequels that i want yeah. but even um, that like like double d says like you don't need to go back to when han solo was a kid right like you just need to figure out that you just need a little bit more about that moment where he became who he was right you know no who, child like, actors no yeah no child actors <sighs> No bad I mean, like, CG making somebody look younger or any of that crap. No, no. no. This was pitch perfect for me. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, gentlemen, I will bow out if you guys have a few more of your bits or uh beep. No, I think I think we, we got everything. I think we're I think yeah. let's just wrap. Are you Dave, you got anything else? No, no, I'm more than satisfied. Absolutely, me too. Go see Solo. It's fantastic. I would highly recommend it. I think uh, I think the rest of us would as well. Double D, we didn't get to catch up with you, but we're going to catch up on 50. That's right. You're going to put an episode away. We'll make that happen. Yeah, next episode, we'll, we'll get to catch up with Double D. We'll get to catch up with Moto. We got to catch up with Twinkie tonight. Twinkie, thank you for joining us. Sorry you had to bail early. Uh, Double D, thank you for joining us for your insights on uh, Solo. I'm glad that that was able to work out. Thanks, Thanks buddy. I appreciate it. Pleasure. My pleasure. You were going to get to come on or not? Thank you, beautiful wife, for for uh, allowing you to come on for this evening for this little yeah, discussion. Yeah, she was chipping in most of. The, I don't know. You guys didn't hear, but I heard it most of the time. She's she's got other insights, but we'll have to have her on if she wants to share them. Oh, oh yeah, amazing. yeah. She's more than welcome. <laughs> and uh, I'd start putting the bug in her ear for two weeks from now on the twentieth for episode. Yeah, oh, that'd be a that'd be a great fiftieth. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So. Uh, Dave, you got anything else? No, I, I'm just so pleased to be talking to you, gentlemen. Absolutely. Was, uh, so great. Thank you. Uh, let me do this. Let's do all the spiels because we didn't do them at all uh, yes, for the whole episode. So, uh, 
search Long Walk Short Drink in any of your favorite podcasting apps, Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, any of those. Long Walk Short Drink will bring us up. Subscribe on there. Go to LWSD Pod. You can subscribe there. Uh, go to YouTube. We would really like it. Even if you subscribe in one of those other places, please go to YouTube. Uh, subscribe on YouTube because we're so close to our 100 subscribers that once we get that, we get our unique URL, which will make it really easy for people to find us on YouTube. So if you could, that would be great, um, whether or not you like listening to the audio ones or the YouTube ones. I recommend the YouTube just because like our two, we still have two viewers watching us right now. Thank you so much for sticking with us for the long haul. You can see us live while we record these episodes on YouTube. As well as if you watch the released episodes that Dave trims down, uh, you'll see all the video that goes along with that. Uh, head over to audio, audibletrial.com slash LWSD to get your free 30-day trial and free audio book. Um, ring the bell. Subscribe. Uh, oh, and Twitter. Follow us at LWSD pod. I think that's everything. Did I get any? Did I miss anything? That's great. Yeah. I'm going to tweet that uh, the Aerosmith pump. Art that you and, just oh, yeah, <laughs> for this yes, episode. <laughs> I've never seen that. Some fucked up shit. Trucks humping. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, gentlemen, thank you. Double D, thanks so much for joining us. Send our love to your beautiful wife, Dave. Yeah. Get her Always on the a mic. pleasure. <laughs> Always a pleasure, sir. Yeah. Look send, forward my, to send, send love to your beautiful wife as well. Hey, that's my girl. Don't even touch her. <laughs> <laughs> I will, uh, I'm, this is Palmer signing off. This is Dave signing off for Northfield. Double D signing off as well. We'll see you guys later. Have a great evening. Thanks for joining us. Long Walk Show Drink, episode 49. Cheers, Long Walk Show.